The Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back for another episode, but a big one, a large one, a colossal episode of two podcasts merging together. We have Jake and Spencer from the Baltimore Beatdown podcast, not as guests. They've been a guest on the show before, but as partners in this Exit 52 journey we're going on. Fellas, you are partnering with us. You had an amazing run with the Baltimore Beatdown show in its, that iteration, but now you are part of the Exit 52 family. It's wonderful to have you both. Jake, I'll, I'll let you sort of speak on you guys coming and joining us a little bit and, and the overall plans, and then people can people can pop in. We're kind of we're kind of freewheeling this one, as, and it's kind of a big announcement. This is the thing we teased on our Twitter. So, Jake, I'll bring you in first, since you have you have done so much to spearhead this along along with everybody here. Yeah, it kind of feels like uh, I'm at a press conference right now, um, which would be a first for me. And, you know, a little rattled there, too, because you said you were going to start with Brian. You start with me throwing me <laughs> off, you know, my feet here a little bit. But, uh, yeah, been uh, been a couple weeks in the works here now, um, ever since uh, the corporate overlords at Vox Media decided to uh, slash podcasting across the board. We were obviously affected by that. All of our uh, listeners coming over know uh, what happened there. And, uh, yeah, I think pretty much right when that happened. I think Brian kind of slid into the text messages, maybe, uh, you know, posited some, some ideas of, you know, moving forward, maybe coming over and working with you guys. And, uh, I think we were both pretty excited about the idea and it's been a couple weeks of planning and, you know, doing whatever we've been doing, back channeling, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, here we are. It, uh, it feels surreal. Awesome. Oh, see, first, this is first awkward silence. There's so many people in this room where it's like, it's like, yeah, like, who's going to jump in here? See, a little yeah, afraid exactly. to just it's, like jump in. Hey, <laughs> we're going to work out the kinks a little bit. Yeah, no, we're excited to have these guys. Like when I, when I saw the news, I, I knew that they were just going to be out there like looking for the next big thing. And, and they're, they've been on a, a very nice trajectory. And I think that we have too. And um, I think we've always been at, kind of like mutual admiration type of situation where we kind of respect each other's work and then we kind of have a similar vibe. And um, this is definitely like, what's the term? I mean, addition by addition. I don't even like my brain's not, not functioning at a hundred percent here, but like, I don't know, like um, the five of us, I feel like are on a good wavelength together. Um, we've struggled at times to like up, production value and like kind of launch ourselves to another level and i think that there's a lot of pieces here that um complement each other well both you know on the content side and you know behind the scenes so um i'm i'm fired up to get this thing going we get a website that i think should be up by the time you listen to this and um we're gonna bring a lot more video content and um, there's just a lot of ideas that we've had on the back burner that are probably in similar vein to things that you guys have had going or at least thought about. And, um, I think that this is just the right time to leverage those things and try to make, you know, turn those things into reality. So I'm gonna yeah, I think Spencer. that I, Spencer, you're up. No, Taylor, yeah, let me, on. let me, let me just I'm lay it out. I'm, I'm going to try to lay out the, the, um, the foundation here a second and then RDT will go in, continue his internet will continue to go in and out. So we'll see if he says anything throughout this entire show. We're titling this episode, um, by the way, can't get a word in edgewise. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just to lay it out and then I, I do want Spenny to jump in cause I, he was, uh, he, uh, when we were talked about this, uh, on a non podcast, uh, recording last week when we were talking, uh, kind of fired me up with his passion for the whole thing. So I, 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 I say this with, with his passion in mind. So essentially, you know, these two podcasts come together, um, 
me, RDT, and Banks will kind of continue to do our same thing uh, week to week. And then Spencer and Jake are going to kind of do their same thing week to week. Those podcasts are going to exist um, on a similar channel. We are going to launch a website um, that will kind of house both the podcast uh, feeds and, and all the links you need there, all the social media, and then some writing from all of these fine gentlemen at, at certain points as we move forward. And then I think the goal moving forward is to you know build out some more you know podcasts where we all kind of intermingle, whether that be instant analysis with Ravens and Orioles or other things, and then some live elements as well. Um, so whether that's all of us recording live or doing that in-person um, at sort of event type of deals, right? So I know that's something me and, and RDT and Brian have always talked about doing. We've d- dabbled a little bit in that when we'd go to the Jimmy Seafood draft party. and we, We've never went live, but kind of recorded from a live area. And then Jake and Spenny have done a bunch of sort of like you guys have done like live stuff way more than us. Um, so I think we've kind of hit that in, in different areas, but that now will come together. And I think a little bit of a better fleshed out product and the website aspect gives um, us the ability to kind of house all of the different uh, scribblings of, of everybody um, about a variety of different topics. So obviously Baltimore sports and lifestyles, but this podcast will stay centered on, um, but we have, you know, I think a lot of people on this podcast are big golf people, so there may be some of some talk about that in in different ways and, and a variety of other things. And the one of the reasons I am excited about it is I think you know me and and Eric and Brian have had our skill sets, and Jake and Spencer bring just a different, even more skill sets to the table. So um, it kind of makes the team a little more filled out. Um, and Spencer, you said it last week. There is kind of an area I think in this, you know. Baltimore sports culture for something like this that hasn't necessarily been exploited. And we want to be that avenue, right? You know, as media and things continue to evolve, the dominant forces in terms of opinion making and talk and discussion in a city has always been radio and columnists. And you've seen that kind of evolve. You've seen people in radio go into podcasting. You see writers become TV personalities. And in Baltimore, that hasn't necessarily been fleshed out in totality, right? You have, you know, your su- the Baltimore Sun kind of hanging on. You now have the Baltimore banner that's emerged. You have these sports talk radio elements that are all involved there, and all certainly have an influence and and are, are good to a varying <laughs> levels. Um, some of them, some shows not good, some shows good. And I think this sort of conglomerate of people um, with, you know, who knows who comes in and guests and, and helps us and, and along the way. Um, and we'll certainly have people helping us behind the scenes. We have to give a shout out to our guy, Marty Sumo, who helped us a lot with our website, um, who's helped us um, X52 wise along the way with branding and social and things like that. Um, but as a sort of organization that can, can kind of bring some Baltimore sports talk and discussion in a different light than it's been seen before. I think that's kind of what the five of us are going to strive to do. Um, in a variety of different ways. And and that's why I'm personally excited about it. I think no matter how big it gets or how small it is, I think that there's five people here that are pretty passionate and dedicated to making something interesting and good content to read um, and listen to and watch. Um, I think that will be our, our goal moving forward and um, can't obviously do that without the support of the X-52 listeners that we've had. And then obviously you guys have a, a fan. Some of the, there's some crossover among those fan bases, but people that have supported your guys work as well um, at beat town or all those different things. So I think that's kind of a grand summation. You guys can, can jump in with your thoughts there. Definitely. And it gets me fired up. I think that there's a real opportunity where our parents generation, the baby boomers of Baltimore, it feels like there's just this lag of our parents generation to 
our generation. And it feels like there's a little bit of a gap and the differences between radio stations, podcasting, people that are like the younger millennials or millennials like we are and ushering in that next era. I'm, I'm really excited for at Baltimore Beatdown, Jake, what you and I have done over the last couple of years when we started out. The first ever episode Jake and I recorded, like I was on my cell phone in a U-Haul, excuse me, a Penske in the middle of Ohio in on a farm in Ohio. And we just ran with it and went and went and went. And the opportunity to fuse together with you guys, the vision that I've always had for myself, for Jake and, and what I want to do and what is fun to me is somewhere between, you know, and, and you guys obviously are with Barstool somewhere of having that element of being fun and not always having a stick up your butt and able to banter and have fun and then being able to bring some sort of tangible analysis or at least not pretend to be something that I'm not and try and understand what I don't know when we're trying to bring the more serious conversations or the more technical conversations or whatever it is. And to me, that's fun. That's engaging. And all of those, I think, align with not to, I guess, to paint myself out to be like, Mr. Mr. Upcoming Baltimore sports fan. But that's, I think, what people crave because that's what I crave. And the fun conversations I've had with Jake or with interviews or when I'm just shooting the shit, listening to something, whatever it is, it's that happy medium between the fan analysis, you know, all buttoned up with a suit and tie on and then actually being able to get into the nuts and bolts of things while having fun. So I think people are thirsty for that. I know I'm thirsty for that. And that's where I want to adventure with all of this. And I think having the idea of being able to do meetups, go to Orioles games, go to the center field bar, have tailgates, have live shows before a, a Ravens game, whatever it is. I think this city is due for some juice to bring people together and have fun and create the next era of Baltimore fandom and experience and what that's been like. And I think these two teams, and, and that's why I'm super excited to dive more into the Orioles and be able to, you know, participate in Terps and stuff. I mean, Jake and I have always, we've always kind of segmented into that a little bit, segued here and there, but to be able to kind of look at the new era of this area geographically and what these teams are and have fun doing it and try and create that new community, I think is, you know, what we strive for. And something I'm really fired up about, you know, we, we want to be able to bring that experience of the next wave of Baltimore to ourselves selfishly, and then to everyone that wants to be a part of that. So, um, you know, just the old stories, Jake is, you're such a, what Jake did. And one of, I think the, the proudest work, I didn't even really do anything at all. And it was solo Jake was uh, the forgotten dynasty of Baltimore and listening to that and going through that and, just hearing what it was like to be a fun, excited fan in those times. I think that we haven't really had much in our adult lives in this city or these kinds of fan bases. I mean, even like Maryland, you know, what do you think of when you think of like a, a really, you think of Juan Dixon, you think of Gary, like that hasn't happened lately. The Orioles haven't had a ton. We've had the Delman Young and, you know, 2012, 2014, all that good stuff. Uh, I guess through 2016, whatever, but I'm just ready and excited for that next wave and I'm fired up. You guys are, you know, fun to fuck around with and go out with and talk to people. You guys have built up your own thing respectively. You guys have all of the top Orioles players and random other media members on all the time. And I, I think we've kind of grown simultaneously. So I think this is a, a good marriage and we're just fucking excited, man. We're just really fired up to bring something 
that has so much potential to grow. And, and like you said, Brian, doesn't have to maybe grow into like some huge thing or whoever listens or whatever it listens. But I know that the growth will be the fun, the experience, the sentimental value. And I don't know, sports are important to all of us and we want to create memories, man. That's what it's all about. So I think we're going to try and do that together. And I'm really fired up. I appreciate you guys having us and we're excited, man. And I mean, kind of just echoing what, you know, what you four have said. I mean, I, I know when we started this, I mean, we talked about it, what, August of 2020, I think it was. Yeah. You know, yeah, COVID. Yeah. We're, we're not beginning, but like, yeah, before that football season. Yeah. And so, so, you know, we had kind of probably realized the same thing that, you know, Jake and Spenny did was like, hey, look, there's, like you guys have mentioned, there's a hole in this Baltimore media kind of space. And it's like, you know, no offense to anyone else, again, to you guys in particular, or again, any other podcast, but like, I think we had the vision of like, hey, I think we can go out and dominate this. Like, like we said, there's plenty of other Orioles podcasts. Um, I tend to think that we do it the best out of all of them. Um, and again, I mean, maybe it's a little biased, but I, I, I really think we do. And you know, like you guys were just saying, I think we, sh- we both of us, you know, we all, the two groups share a similar end goal, which like you said, we just want to provide the, we, you know, the best in-depth analysis. Um, like you said, kind of a serious space, but also like a space where we can talk about the oldest lady going to space and how she sucks right after we're talking about Lamar's contract and shit like that. And, and like we said, I mean, we all, you know, we have all hung out outside of the, the podcast airwaves and had a few drinks late night, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like, we all share similar goals, interests. Um, you know, again, I think we all have the, it's right around the same sense of humor. Some are a little more deranged than others. I think I kind of toe that line more than, more than you guys. Um, <laughs> but again, I mean, we, you know, I think at the end of the day, we just want to provide good good content for, you know, the listeners and, and Taylor, Taylor really harps on this. And, and it really, I think it really does ring true. Like it is really cool when people come up and be like, Hey, the podcast is awesome. Or I get a DM stuff like that. So, so stuff like that always, yeah, again, like makes me kind of perk up and be like, Oh, you know what? We are doing something good. And again, like Brian said, adding Jake and adding Spencer, like, again, you, what you guys were doing was, was, was an awesome thing. And again, you guys had your own, flare and touch and there's nothing like being on twitter at 3 a.m and just seeing pass protection sets by spenny you know breaking everything down like i get like you know we were like we're at the bar with this dude two hours ago and now he's talking about a you know a seven step drop and shit like that so again you guys were, were so good at what you did and and that's why you know whenever whenever your relationship with vox ended it did seem like a no-brainer to to be like hey let you know let's captain planet this thing and put all our powers together and let's, you know, we're going to end up saving the world from whatever they were trying to save it from. Um, and again, I, I think it's a good match and, and, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And like you said, live events, you guys have done a ton. Um, the social media aspect, um, you know, again, there's live video, everything like that. I'm very excited. And, and I think, I think, and I hope the viewers and, the supporters and listeners and, and followers and everything. I think they're going to really enjoy it too. And it, it's, I think it's going to be a, a good, you know, again, next couple months and Spencer, like you were saying, like the, you know, with the Orioles kicking off soon, I think people are excited and, and they're itching at the chomping at the bit to, to get just some content. So I think that's, you know, that's what we're here to, to kind of cover anything and everything. So I'm excited. Yeah. I think well said by the whole, uh, the whole round table there. And uh, it is really exciting and it is uh 
lift off from here to quote a very wise man, I think for this, uh, this program. Um, but I mean, we're also, we're going to just continue to be ourselves, which I think is probably the best thing for us. I think we all have similar sensibilities. Like we said, I think we're all very good friends. Like Eric, having you on the podcast randomly ahead of that Titans playoff game, whatever that was three years ago, four years ago at this point. Um, I think we kind of, I had been reading you for years. I'd been reading Brian for years. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, to, to get you on. And I think we realized we did have a similar sensibility, Brian, same thing, having you on a couple months later, or maybe it was right around that time. And I don't know, man, it's just uh, getting to know you guys, Brian, you know, we played that round of golf, you know, on what was that? Like, is that New Year's Eve of 2020? Yeah. Out at Rocky Point. It was, it was just us out there just having beers, just vibing, you know, and that was, that was a great time. So really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. And I, I, what I want to make sure we do most, and I think both sides of the table have done this well so far, is is we want to make the audience feel like they're part of the journey. Um, this is kind of like a merging of paths here, and um, Jake has a lot of expertise on a production side that we're already looking at as we speak here. Like this is a we're on a different platform for recording. Um, we've got this interface that looks fucking sweet. Um, I've been producing our podcast and kind of on autopilot for two, two and a half years where I was just pulling zoom audio and converting it and dropping it into the same rolled over file every week with any money on the front and back end. And it was, <laughs> I, it was kind of like clockwork, but it was kind of like, I mean, we were still having fun and, the, and our audience was growing and things like that. But I, I have felt like this thing has been ready for, for takeoff as long as we, like whenever we get that extra opportunity to like put a little more energy into it and up the production quality and all these types of things. And, and, and Jake and Spenny have that expertise and, and we're going to be able to just, I mean, we, we want to be sure to, to bring you guys content like on a, on a regular schedule, regular basis where you know what you're getting and when you're getting it. Um, and that's, that's been a focal point for us from the start. Um, but this is just an opportunity to kind of like magnify that and bring so much more and then have the opportunities to, to do all these like one-off things, like all these fun projects, like Taylor mentioned the golf, like we've got some big time golf tournaments at a time when golf is as big as I can remember it being in my lifetime, there's a lot of controversy and a lot to discuss, but there's major tournaments coming up and we've played around with that with, um, with Josh Rogers before a masters. At one point we did a little podcast we don't know what that's going to look like. And that's part of what I'm getting at with this journey with the audience. Like we're, we're looking to have this thing take off, but this is still a work in progress in a lot of ways. And there's going to be some bumps and bruises and things are going to take shape and change form a little bit as we go. And that's, that's part of the fun of it for us. It has been for, for the two and a half years that we've done our podcasts. And I would expect that you guys feel the same way about yours, but it's, you know, we've got some clay to play with here, and this is an exciting thing where we've got more tools at our disposal to go and make great content and have fun doing it. So um, just like you guys said, I'm as fired up and invigorated about this whole aspect of of content and all these things that I've been in a long time because, you know, like I said, a little bit of autopilot where I wouldn't say things were ever getting stale, but it was like, okay, well, at some point we got to we got to push forward here. It happens. With anything. For, you're looking for growth. That happens with yeah, anything. Like, it, like as much as like, yeah, as much as like something like this can get really fun or at least be really fun for a while, it can get on autopilot and it can kind of start to feel like work a little bit. Right. And I mean, like that's for 
something, you know, on our level, which is a little bit smaller, that's for people that have quote unquote made it doing this, that can definitely happen. So you, you have these sort of reinvigorating moments and I think this definitely could be one of them. By, yeah, by the way, go ahead. I, I, I do want to give a shout out to our guy, Bill, who Brian, I think you tailgated with him in Chicago. Yeah. In Chicago. Great. Day. At, at WMG 21 has correctly guessed the Rad Ravens for Dummies and Jake Luke expanding operations. Only, only one There's I've a, seen so far. I thought I would see more of those. Up I, I did get a DM. I told him. I'm not sure. But. <laughs> I got a DM asking <laughs> if uh, we were putting, uh, if we were raising money to put Exit 52 where the sun was uh, at, on, at Camden Yards above the scoreboard. That's when you know you've made it. That <laughs> that that whole sequence right there. That's how you know that you've you've created a fun little environment. The the end goal of this venture yeah. is getting Spencer's face up where the clock is. Just get rid of the clock and put Spencer's face there. We could we could uh, we could crowd crowdsource for that. Is that the word crowdsource? Crowdfund. Right? Yeah. Crowd. Crowdfund. Okay. I think yeah, those no, are both applicable. I think there's a crowdsource yeah. in the uh, the old verb sphere. Lexicon. I, I ain't no good with words. So. As long as they yeah. get rid of the wall, can we get rid of the wall? No, Bring no the real wall back. We're not getting rid of the wall. You want to build another wall? Yeah, you, oh, you're, you're no, always talking no, about don't, don't those words in my mouth. You guys had your four years. Elias is going to build another wall, and he's going to make the Yankees pay for it. I'll tell you that much. Oh, geez, maybe more on that in our, our baseball segment. <laughs> yeah, the um, um, but yeah, I mean, go ahead, Banks. No, I was just going to finish up somewhat. Is like. The vision that that Spenny just mentioned during his portion there was is just so in line when when Eric and Taylor and I sat down. It's like that's exactly what our vision was, and I think we have, we have it typed in our little Excel sheet. Even like, what is our mission for our podcast? It's like there's this space that we can go out and get, we can leverage. I mean, that was kind of our thought process at the time. Was like, hey, Eric and I have all these followers. And I have known from Taylor just hanging out with them. I mean, you should see the way this guy announces the shenanigans that us and our friends do. He he does the, the mock announcements with the microphone or or uh, you know a water bottle, whatever it might be. He he he's unbelievable as a host. Like he 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 is truly the straw that stirs the drink here, um, at least for us. And um, I knew I wanted him to be a part of this and that he would make us so much better because Eric and I took our crack at this, you know, six, seven years ago and it was good. It was fine. You know, we had very busy things going on. Um, it looks like you're still taking that, that crack on uh, Apple podcasts. Yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. But point being is we're like, there's, there's some templates out there for like what we're kind of going for, but we definitely want to carve out our own type of thing. But, you know, Jake is a big fan of no laying up and I am familiar with their work and they've got kind of a rotating cast of characters that come in and out and, when we started, we had kind of looked at Barcelona Chicago and Redline Radio and those types of things where they've just got kind of a, a cast of characters that come in and they've each got their own little niches and and they just overlap in all these types of ways. And it's just like, here's a cast of characters we can expect content from and expect some good laughs and not take themselves too seriously. So that we we were looking and are definitely like looking to step on the gas on being that for baltimore or maryland or whatever it might be so that's my yeah that's i think <laughs> yeah to, to close and then we'll, we'll get to the the rest of the show we're gonna we're gonna talk ravens and orioles and and do the normal segments here that the x52 podcast kind of pops through and i i think you make a good point there banks in the sense that and i'm sure the 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 former beatdown crew can can kind of speak to this as well um something of putting words in your guys mouth like it this this for you know 
nobody in the five of us is like our full-time job, right? So you are putting as much time as possible into the things that we do from this standpoint as you can. And sometimes that means you're going to miss certain things you want to do, right? Like me and RDT and me and RDT and Brian had things we wanted to do, just didn't have time to do it because of whether that be manpower, just like schedules. Like I, I know our listeners are familiar with the like, oh, like Taylor's not on the incident analysis. He's at Maryland soccer in Ithaca, New York or something like that. So I hope that the five of us now with the addition of, of two guys that I think can really, you know, speak to all the same things we've spoken to. If our audience isn't familiar with you guys, that that those blind spots will kind of be filled in a little bit because you know there will be the confidence that if it's me jake and rdt on the show it's going to be exactly the same quality as if it's brian jake and spenny right like that's going to be this you know maybe you get a little bit of a different thing if i'm on than if jake's on but the overall tone and the you know analysis you're going to get and the fun you're going to have and all of those things is going to be similar um and that allows us to just cover things better right um, I think that's the way we're, we, we kind of look at it and we'll see how that grows. And the other thing I want to say, and then we'll, we'll move forward, um, is we want feedback. So like, I think one of the best things we've gotten from an X-62 standpoint is you guys tweet at us and you, when you see us, you come and talk to us and you say you like it, or you say you didn't really like this as much or whatever. Like that is very valuable. We want to really, you know, I always say like as someone that does social media, like sometimes social media becomes a one-way street where we're just shouting a lot at people and we want it to be social. Like there's a reason social is in the name. It's because it's an actual interaction. So we want this to be interaction. We don't want to just shout at you. And I think one of the reasons people get turned off by media is the media just shouts at them and doesn't really take their opinion into account. So um, we want to hopefully, you know, continue to do more of you, you know, listener interaction things, whether that be, a voicemail line or the a live show where you can call in or things like that. Like, you know, we tried to do that at X-52 with the, with the, the mailback stuff didn't really take off as much as we wanted, but we also didn't have enough time to invest in it as much. And we weren't preparing for the questions the way we probably should have. So want that's want that to make sure that as a final point is it opens the listenership where like, you know, give us feedback. You know, if you really like, um, the way RDT and Jake are interacting show to show, maybe RDT and Jake can do more stuff by themselves. Like we want to hear that type of stuff and understand how you guys are yeah, feeling. I really want to how... see them do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, yeah. And we're going to, I'm going to get used to this soundboard because I'm going to talk through this soundboard most of the time. And just, not I, even I always, I've been Jake's had it for probably a year and a half. I've talked through it. 55. It's literally times. just to entertain <laughs> me. It's not for anyone else's benefit. It's just, you know, <laughs> It's probably a great um, so, opportunity to mention that we're delving into a lot more video content. So if watching Eric and Jake do some stuff, like listen, get, get you up. You got to pay some good money for that. They have yeah, the biggest microphones to look at them. That's these probably guys, another. These guys have massive microphones. We're, we're looking for partners too, by the way. Like right now with, with what we've got set up, we've got the show, the exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy seafood. And we've got, um, We've got our Fed Thrill partnership for our first segment, but we're looking for more partners. Um, you know, Jake and Spenny are going to have, you know, their own thing that they're going to keep going, and and we're looking for people to partner for for that venture and for other segments and for just all kinds of things. So, if you're listening um, and you think there's a brand or a company or a restaurant or a bar or whatever that's a good fit, let us know. If you have a hookup, we're looking for it. You know, full disclosure and, and my vision as well. I'm about to turn 30 and my goal, one of my goals for my 30s is to have this be my main 
content creation in the sports world be my main source of revenue and I want to develop as many relationships as possible. I know Jake, I know you guys all feel the exact same. So if there's someone you think we should be slow dancing with, let us know. And like Taylor said, I mean, my DMS are fucking crazy open. Like I have DM'd so <laughs> many people at this point, DM us, let us know sure come on the show, whatever. So my DMS are crazy, crazy open. And I know Jake's are too. Yeah, so no, slide of mine. I've actually, uh, to this point, not to not to put pressure on anyone, you know, create any sort of leverage. But I have been uh, have been talking to people in the DMs about uh, potential partnership stuff. It might have been uh, might have been pitched to me when Beatdown was going on and couldn't really take advantage of it. And now it might have been that I've started to respond to that kind of stuff. So slide in there. Let's let's let us know. Jake's a little bit crude, but he's he's getting horny. So yeah, bring it's, it to him. exactly. It's time to hashtag get involved. Investors, possibly you. But the, you needed that as a sound sound thing. Listen, yeah, that's investors, possibly you. Cannot, yeah, that's there gonna. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. Continue to involve that the uh, the soundboard. That is that is gonna be electric. I'm a big. I love me a good soundboard. It's the best. Um, John, let's get into some Baltimore sports talk because that's what the people want us to do. We're also before I get into that, I think this the different show formats you do also give us an opportunity. I know you guys have delved into this on your show and us, but to get you guys to know us better too, as people, right? So that I think will allow us to, to build that relationship out more. Um, I know we've done that a little bit on our show. Um, so when me and Brian do um, a live uh, Taylor Swift concert review, that's not like a total shock to the, to the listenership when we get to we that. We want to do like uh, icebreakers two truths and a lie. Yeah. Maybe we do that the, ne- uh, the next time we're all five on the same airwaves here. Just Which, by the way, we're gonna we're planning to do this at least monthly, all five of us. College um, freshman orientation activities. If you've ever smoked weed, walk to the other side of the room. <laughs> now turn around and put your hands behind your back. You freaking <laughs> <drink>. <laughs> um, let's get into let's get into it a little bit here. We'll we'll start with um, because we were we were chatting about it briefly before we started recording um, the Lamar Jackson saga continues. Um, the Mike Florio uh, Sims clip is rolling through about his contract. The fact that, you know, what a shocker not having an agent is hurting his ability to negotiate with the Ravens um, and maybe his ability to negotiate with other people that would like to give him money. Um, I, I, at, the, at this point it feels like we're moving towards the franchise tag, but uh, what is your guys? Um, and, um, We'll see who is is brave enough to jump in first. I will not throw this to anybody. Um, who what, what are your guys sort of state of play here on Lamar Jackson as we are at on about to enter March of 2023, and this guy's not extended by the Ravens. I'm I'm willing to immediately jump in here. I think me personally, this whole situation, and that's why I'm so excited to be joining you guys. I know we're segueing, but like it has. As us, Jake and I primarily covering the Ravens, I mean, I know Jake. Jake lost his soul over this bullshit that's been going on for the last year, dating back to when it kind of started in 2021 and through. Like, my greatest fear was always, please, I don't want an ESPN Dak Prescott situation for the Baltimore Ravens. Lo and behold, here we are with tags and all of those things. Him not having an agent at this point is, I, I don't, I'm trying to pick my words carefully. But it is concerning. It has to be concerning for the Ravens' ownership. I'm tired of listening to people talk about Harbaugh or Eric DaCosta. You can't go sign the check, the big, big, big quarter of a billion dollar escrow check, without Bashadi's approval. It is Bashadi's decision. This is an ownership decision. And for him to not have an agent, 
Sims and Floyd are talking about the stuff. I think this happened not that recently, but I've been hearing whispers. I try not to be Mr. Connected or whatever, but been hearing more things about more endorsements that they thought they would have come to fruition and aren't. They are getting a little bit, they, meaning Lamar Jackson and his nameless, faceless, omnipotent fucking camp of people or whatever. So I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm, I think it's concerning. I think that if he did have an agent, if you want the Deshaun Watson deal, then why don't you get Deshaun Watson's agent, David Mulgata, who's the best in the industry? Every sin- I've never, and I'm probably wrong, I'm sure someone has left him, players love posting him. That can be a part of you know the deal or whatever, but players seem to love him. Whoever his clientele is seems to love him. Go with someone who's the best in the business. And one of my buddies was talking to me earlier. He was like, okay, well, if Lamar Jackson loses out on a shoe deal where he maybe, let's say, hypothetically would make $35 million, like, how, what, what is the difference there between what he would lose in having an agent and what he's lost by not having one? Like, the opportunity cost there is fucking 10 to 1. So I don't know. To me, franchise, ta- it seems like Lamar Jackson has never been in a rush, he's never been in a hurry. We know that Eric DaCosta went down to Boynton Beach in what, Jake, 2021. We kind of got some a buddy of ours through some random connection. DaCosta was at, in Boynton Beach for a week with Lamar Jackson. Like, and the whole thing was like we wanted to meet his family and be there with him and whatever. So it's been this long, drawn-out thing. Obviously, the Sean Watson aspect comes in. And I don't know, man, if you want that contract, like people and people are like, oh, well, Roquan Smith got a fully guaranteed deal. Roquan Smith's deal is 18% of the amount that we're talking about for Lamar Jackson, we made a quarter billion dollar deal. Like to not have a team, not even, and we always talk about an agent. We're talking about not just an agent, but like an agency of people that would be working on this. It is not one agent. Like you get Ari Gold. It's Ari get, Gold and Vinny Chase. He's got the whole agency on retainer for him. Exactly. You got Babs and Ari's entire 270 people. Yeah, it's, it's not just one agent. There's not just some fat lawyer with slick back hair that's just scumming you out of your money. That. Like that notion I'm sick of. So I don't know. We're sick of it. In general, but in in for my first rant as Exit Fifty Two, glad you guys could fucking witness it. I wow. am sick of it, and I think that they are going to play him on the franchise tag. I think he has no rush to get anything done, and I think the tag is is where this is headed. The other thing he gets if he actually has an agent is the marketing agency aspect that helps him get all the like. You get a full service. Like if you're signed with like I don't know what agency Mugliato's with, but if you sign with I'll, I'll use CAA Sports as an example, or if you sign with in endeavor or you sign with one like you're getting all of those things and that's what gets you in like movies and and tv shows and like you're talking about like you know giant you know representation companies too like that i think gets lost like you said like people just think it's just one person that just goes and like negotiates your deal no this is like throwing you 40 other people that also get you in these variety get your hands in all these different buckets that brings you money and brings you notoriety and clearly lamar jack doesn't want that but He's not helping himself. Can you think of anybody's iron who has been hotter than Lamar Jackson in December 2019? Like sports world wise, like that's as hot as you can get. Like it should have been pouring in at that point. There was no, no one who wasn't talking about him at that point. In time. I, yeah, it was. I mean, he was lighting everybody up on Monday Night Football, and like it's not like he was. I, whatever. The era eight apparel thing has seemed to completely fall by the wayside. I mean, at the time, that was kind of being hailed or, or praised as, "Hey, this guy's being very entrepreneurial and like he's leveraging and and he's taking matters into his own hands and his team is doing all that stuff." When was the last time you saw anything that's about that? I mean, he'll retweet the era 
entertainment. So he's definitely like investing in things down in that Boynton Beach area. Um, but this little leak or whatever you want to call it, it's like, hey, so clearly either Nike or Under Armour was going to throw a gigantic bag at him. Or maybe Adidas because that's Louisville. But like 35 million seems like an undersell for what he could have gotten at that point Steph, in time. Steph Curry's shoes are worth like, I think it's 4 billion total since he started his line. And I'm, I'm going to take like, let's, let's take a 10th of that. And that is still more than his contract would be. Like think comparison wise, like the phenomenon that Michael Vick was, he was represented and he was, he was everything in the early OOs. And sure enough, you get the Madden cover because Madden seeks you out when you reach a certain point, but commercials with with the the like the Michael roller coaster Vickers. ride experience and all that stuff and and commercials with terrell owens and, and all that stuff like that was all on deck and lamar jackson is multitudes better of a football player than michael vick was and vick was a hell of a player but um this whole like there could have been a whole like narrative or, or whole like brand built behind him that could have been in front of everybody's eyeballs constantly. And that it seems like that ship has sailed to some degree at this point because the play is diminished and, and the injuries have occurred and, and that those things can change and they can rebound, but like you got to go help yourself at some point. The cousin of unique and Lamar Jackson is maybe the most unique NFL player we've ever seen. The cousin of unique is weird. And this is a really fucking weird situation. And it's been weird for over a year at this point. To Spencer's point, I am completely just burnt out on it. It's sapping my love and, you know, just excitement for following this team. How are we supposed to analyze this team right now? We can't because they're just how stuck the Raven, in limbo. How are the Ravens supposed to analyze themselves? Unless there is a Hollywood Brown-like silent trade already in place, which was my theory for like a month and a half when Jake Cole and I just DM each other all day and are like saying stupid fucking shit. Like that was my theory. They already had a team picked out, but the carousel spinning on like moves are going to be made. And I feel like the Ravens are not ready and capable and the agent rep like to facilitate a trade without an agent with a quarter billion dollar contract is 10 times even more ludicrous than just the contract without an agent. Like who do you think facilitates trades and works out the fucking details? <laughs> that's, that's the other aspect of this is like, I kind of feel like it's going to happen. Like, what are we supposed to think with this guy? Do we Are we supposed to think that he wants to be here? Because, like, apropos of nothing that I've heard or anything, it just feels like he doesn't want to be. And if that's going to be the route, how the hell is that going to happen? I just, I have no idea how to visualize any of it. I am just, I'm adrift at sea right now. I got nothing. I'm, you know, Jack floating down into the, the frozen Arctic circle water, whatever. And, you know, it's, it sucks. Well said. I mean, it, you're echoing every sentiment that I kind of express when I put out what that little bit of a bombshell of a blog. It's like, hey, I've been holding in some information that's just been. I mean, you guys, you had told you us know, that stuff like a year prior. <laughs> like you were sitting. Yeah, on I mean, not like, Dr. Benjamin Blast, but yeah, we we had known about. I mean, we had known about all of that, and I mean, you know, courtesy of you, and I mean, other people too. Like that stuff had been floating around for a little while, and people you know, quick to decry it as soon as like one report comes out or when John Harbaugh says 200% whatever, it's like, oh, well, last time I go to Barstool for credibility, it's like, all right, guys, thanks for taking the uh, the victory lap there, but this thing is far from over and we're seeing that play out right now. Where there's now. smoke, there's fire and there's been 10,000 piles of smoke. Like, And I, 
I don't like want anyone to have any impression that I take joy in in having put that information out there. You put it out like, there very. Sorry to cut you off again, but you put it out there very reluctantly. Like you would almost put it out there months before because right? I was exhausted. I was worn out from yeah. like and just of. It's not even that I was holding the information in. It's just that everybody else was just operating off a set of facts that are just inaccurate or, or just ill-informed. and Not even just, just in the right universe of thought of what's going on. It's just, it was, it's, was just time for people to be informed. Breaking news sucks. It is like, what was the, going it's on. horrible. Breaking news is horrible. Awesome, actually, but but in that circumstance, it it's awesome when you're breaking a Marcus Peters trade. When you're putting information like that out into the ether, and like you're not going to get anything immediately backing you up, that's a tough spot to be in, and you put yourself in it. Oh my god, that's the biggest rush going though. When you're like, oh yeah, this is face gets hot. um, No, it really does. But point being is like, at this point, people almost have an assumption that I'm like rooting for an outcome because that it would prove me right or wrong. And if Lamar gets signed to an extension by the Ravens and they give him a big contract and everybody just moves along and acts all hunky-dory, I'm going to look like the wrongest asshole going. And I'm, I'd be fine with that because we would have some semblance of, of where we're going. And Lamar's a great football player. I don't think anybody has fought that narrative, or at least not here in Baltimore or among the, the five of us. But um, – it just seems like it's so far from the realm of reality at this point. And I don't know where that ends. Yeah. I mean, not only did that, we always talk about the Florida stuff, but the, the James Hensley, Jeremy Fowler um, article on sort of the year in limbo of Lamar dropped, which I think is a lot of info that you really can just decipher by reading the tea leaves to a certain extent, but it's, you know, reporting by two, two guys you can, you can trust for sure. I think there and like, uh, clearly, they thought he was going to play going into the playoffs, and then he just dropped the tweet and was like, "I'm not playing." Um, so, I, I've my, my thing has always been, and, and you know, you guys talked about the like communication on the contract, and and, and they do, the Ravens do an amazing job, and we've praised them on X52. I mean, they when DeCosta and Harbaugh want to do the press conference, you know, performance, they're incredible. I mean, the, the postseason press conference was a masterclass in saying all the right things. And I believe those guys are genuine when they say all of those things for the most part. But I think they get bad communication from the other side. And it and that's going to seem like this They've is They've been saying blaming. for a year it takes two, like it takes two to tango. Like Eric Costa has said that same that's been consistent multiple times over the yep. course of a year. Consistent messaging and – I think it goes back to what you guys said. And like Lamar is clearly in no rush and continues to not be. And that puts Jake, as you said, the entire discussion about the team in limbo. And this is the exact same. It's funny having you guys on talking about this with us, because I think we've all said the same thing. It's like, it is very tiring to talk about this situation because there just seems to be no real resolution in sight. And if he gets put on the franchise tag, that's an even bigger extension of a non-resolution that you can get. We're going to do this for another year. And it's like, unless you win the Super Bowl with him on the franchise tag, you're just extending a decision that might never be made by this player. And and maybe you do that so the Ravens can just use months and months to try to figure out how to trade this guy. Because, you know, what is the point of French, you know, of playing this guy on the franchise tag for the entire year, you know, when your organization is so built around him, like they've, you build personnel around this guy, you build scheme around this guy. Like 
you've got to know he's going to be long-term. You're just spinning your wheels, and he hasn't gotten you the AFC Championship game at this point. So it's not as if you're spinning your wheels with Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think that we're at this point where, like, you can't consider Lamar on the same pedestal as a guy like that. And two, two and a half years ago, there was a debate of whether he was the best player in the league. He was the unanimous best player in the league. He's not that guy anymore, and they this is the situation continues to get drawn out. And I think, you know, Lamar can't even play the. It was funny. Stephen A. Smith came out with like the I heard for Lamar's camp that he's not asking for a guaranteed contract. Like maybe that's the for, first shot across the bow I've seen from like a Lamar Jackson camp to try to play the other side of the PR game. Because right now I don't see unless you're just a Lamar diehard. And this is the other thing. Banks sort of just target this. Like we're all Lamar guys. We love Lamar. He's he's fun to watch. Like. No one wants to go after Lamar, but like he, he is even beat play the Allen and Mahomes and Burrow. Like he is one of the guys that will that already has beat them. Yeah, like he just doesn't even play the PR game enough, so you can't even like stand on his side of the cliff and like shout across the other people of like, no, I'm here and you know these are what's and not that maybe I mean a PR spat in the media would suck and be divisive, but he doesn't even do that. Like he just sits on the sideline and maybe I kind of respect that. That that like he's just like ah who cares what everybody says eventually I'm gonna get paid and I'll pay for a giant one year contract on a franchise and I'll be set for life. Well, shout really out to our guy. Either, uh, shout out to our guy. It just J- goes our guy it JLC. Just goes against what everybody else does. Yeah, our guy JLC yeah. has been all over this. With uh, he's he's gonna be the the Kirk Cousins. He's gonna go that route. And I know RDT, you've been effusive in your praise of that reporting too. So it's been great to see JLC be proven correct on that front. And uh, but unironically, like he kind of has been like, it feels like that's sort of what this is heading towards. And I can't do another year of that. Another year of the franchise tag limbo type thing that we just went through. You know, they made it to the wild card round and they didn't win because he was on the sidelines. Like, are we just going to do that again? I hope not. If he plays on the franchise tag. So his fifth year option was twenty three million. He made twenty three million dollars in game checks. That was salary. He made that from September through the end of the regular season. So if he goes on the franchise tag from September of 2022 through the end of the 2023-2024 season, that'll add another 45.6 million. That's almost 69 million, nice, in a 15-month period. If he does it again, that's another 55 million on top of that. That ends up being just 10 million shy of whatever the Ravens reported offer was. We all talk about the 133 million guaranteed. If he does that, he didn't lose. He lost ten million, and that's like you know me gambling at Horseshoe Casino, and I fucking you know didn't hit or didn't split on fucking eleven or something, and I you know ended up hitting once and something like it's not a big loss for him. Long story short, so that's why I feel like that combined with not having an agent, combined with him never taking like Taylor, you were saying that proactive stance to play the game, like that's why I just think he plays on the franchise tag. I don't think he's in a fucking hurry. He's got. And we're like, oh, generational life-changing money. He's already made life-changing money. He's already made $30 million. The five of us, maybe we'll sniff a third of that in our lifetimes, unless you guys buy merch or whatever. But like he <laughs> he's out of he's out of like he's out of shits to give at this point. He knows no matter what he does, he will have made 68 point something million dollars in 15 months. Like that is to quote Jamarcus Russell in his I am athlete thing, like he made it. Jamarcus Russell wasn't a bust. He made it. He Vin, got Vince Young. Back. Vince Young is like living large down in Austin right now. Like Lamar yeah. could go back to Louisville and be that if he never gets a contract and like be totally fine. 
which would be you know insane to think that he wouldn't get more money beyond this season. He will, like he will get more money beyond that, no matter what. So, franchise tag. I mean, it sucks. It is what it is. But I, it's just there. At the Jake, you said it was weird, and it is downright peculiar how this has played out. But you know, it's really not that crazy. Aaron Rodgers was weirder than this. Kirk and Dak were pretty similar. Like the Dak situation being on the Cowboys and Jerry Jones is the owner and he's doing his own radio show and all that shit. Like that was, it feels like as a Baltimore fan, probably that it's like some unbelievable, unprecedented time. But even just like Dak Prescott a couple years ago was even more obnoxious. It's so. weird for a, it's weird for a stead and sturdy organization to which this stuff does not happen. Right. That's where it's weird. But you know, other franchises, like when you guys complain about the Ravens, like this, this stuff happens all the time in other places. And I don't want to be sanctimonious and tell you to, you know, count your lucky stars that you're a Ravens fan. Cause they're not perfect, but this is kind of, you know, this is uncharted waters a little bit. I think the only other two things I would say would be, I think the other reason that it's weird is that a little different than Dak and Kirk, where there, I guess, is some question over whether those guys are worth the talent, whether the whatever talent the money is. The, the talent for Lamar, the talent for Lamar coming off of a unanimous MVP season, yeah. it just was so assumed the deal was going to get done because there's the Ravens did it. They drafted the first round quarterback and hit hit a grand slam like. You just go lock that guy up, and we saw, like, maybe, I mean, Kyler Murray's took a little bit, but they got that done. I don't know if that's a grand slam. But, like, Mahomes got done. They knew he was good, and they signed him to the extension. Josh Allen hit it. They signed with the extension. It's just, like, when it's that obvious, you feel like it's just going to happen, and his didn't happen. And the way it's drawn out, I agree with you. Not, you know, that's, like, Dax is bizarre, like, with, you know, all the stuff that goes down there. It just seemed like such a no-brainer based on, Everything Lamar not only does in the field, but the way he embraced the city, the way he treated his teammates, the the way you know the kind of personality he was, uh, fun loving, all these different things, and the way the Ravens, as you said, Jake, are so steady and get all these things done without a hassle for everybody. They Roquan Smith trade for him, sign him, like it, they just get they Marcus get Peters, done. yeah, they they get all of this stuff done. That is what that's the sort of the the concoction that's come together. And now, as you said, spending like. He can play and he's going to make all the money. Now it's on the Ravens. The Ravens now have to figure out whether they want to do this song and dance where he plays on the franchise tag and they go try to run it back and try to win. Or if they, you know, are like, nope, we're not doing this long term. We, if we can't get a deal done with this guy, we're trading him and we'll have that resolution in the next few months, I guess, but it will continue to be interesting. That's why I thought the Sashi Brown edition was really interesting because Sashi went into the NBA where it is fully guaranteed deals and NBA teams still do have levers to pull for flexibility. So, I mean, uh, at this uh, that was last year and that was kind of the thought, but who knows, man. And uh, I, I guess the tag will be placed on the 7th. I think the 7th is the deadline. The 6th or the 7th, I would imagine. Teams usually wait until the very end because they have nothing to gain by, you know, it's like, why use your timeouts early, basically? You know, why not just wait you have time so shout out to andy reed shout out to andy reed <laughs> so we rocked that's, him. that's that's that, that's another another lamar jackson situation recap now yeah, featuring the Lions. just cont- continues to be continues to be a um, delightful saga 
Yeah, really, really delightful. Yeah, delightful. Delightful is the word that will that will be the headline when this this over. What a delightful, delightful time. Uh, let's talk Baltimore Orioles. Uh, spring training in full swing. Young players hitting home runs. Um, pitch clocks being debated. Um, baseball has a lot of things going on. The Orioles are very exciting. Uh, RDT, you are just, I mean, you are a kid in a candy store tweeting right now. It is it is honestly a beautiful thing every time this begins. And now you actually have something positive. Like in previous years, the things you would stretch for to be positive about, it was I I, I had admiration for it, that the, how excited you got about really dumb stuff. And now you have actual real stuff to get excited about. How exciting is that for you? Yeah, it's it's it feels good. Because again, it's like you you sit here and yeah, I mean, we've seen the Sixers for years just be like, wait till these prospects come up. Wait till these guys are good. And, it, you know, they've been all right. And now it's like, you know, we're seeing that with the Orioles being like years and years and years. Like, oh, just wait till next year. Just wait till next year. Just wait till next year. We're at that next year. And again, like we're seeing Heston Kerstad three for three, two home runs on what was that Saturday? We're seeing Jackson Holiday, who a year ago today had to ask a teacher if he could go to the bathroom. You fast forward to Saturday, he's fucking lacing doubles off the wall. Like, the kid is 19. He, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, again, it's just a very fun time. And, I'm, you know, spring training is spring training. I know the pitchers are seeing half those guys are going to be working at Geico in a year and a half or something. No offense to Geico or, you know, if you guys do want to sponsor, I'll take that back. We'll edit it out. Um, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's fun. I know they're just exhibition games, and, and it doesn't mean anything in the long run. But yeah, it's it's fun. I know they got their teeth kicked in today by the Rays, but just the fact that again we're having baseball and we're seeing these clips and like it, it just seems like everything is going well for the Orioles right now. Again, we're just I'm just hoping for no injuries. I I don't really care what happens throughout the preseason. Um, that's why that game on Saturday was so much fun because it was just like everyone's hitting, everyone is it was awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun time, and and it does kind of suck that you can't watch them or see them or listen to them, you know, for a majority of the games. I know. Sure, we'll get into that with Taylor. Um, Here we go. I I and I will say that's one thing I will not. I, I don't I don't I don't really care. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I mean, that stuff like that doesn't bother me. Yet yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's not a big deal to me. I know some people are losing their minds over it, but. Again, when we fast forward to a month and we're just itching and scratching to, to get, you know, to opening day and stuff like that, it's going to be the best. And, yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and I think I think bright things are uh, are ahead. And that's not me drinking the orange Kool-Aid. You know, I, I think that truly is the, uh, the, 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 the outlook on the Orioles right now is, is obviously, again, the, the, the best is yet to come. Shout out I, put an, I put an entire box of ZD on their – Win total. I mean, I just don't understand. I, I truly don't understand how bringing such depth up, watching Kerstad just go yaya, go insane, and then knowing they have someone like May, like two power guys, him and Mayo, coming up through that are so highly touted that are like, I don't want to call them an afterthought, but they're, they're they are they're found money guys in they're found money organizations. Yeah, and me, you, and uh, me, you, and Brian, not to tell tales out of school, but we got to um, get beers with those guys after the caravan a couple weeks ago. And um, man, I was already jacked up for the future, but like just getting a chance to like 
spend time with those guys a little bit and talk to them. And, you know, Grayson Rodriguez just being like the nicest guy ever and like introducing himself, Taryn Vavra just being <laughs> just like the chillest bro I've ever met. Um, and uh, Adley, of course, just fucking soaking it all up there right in the middle of watershed. That was uh, that was quite a night. So all that and uh, all that they've shown on the uh, out there on the diamond thus far. It's uh, very exciting times to be an Orioles fan. It's a good it's a nice sieve from this whole Lamar Jackson thing. Like this feels like the perfect, like take me out of that coma and put me into something nice. You know, it, it seems like Vavra has turned into just a monster. I don't know. Like guy had one home run all last year. He had one in spring training the other day. Um, he's lacing doubles off the wall. He's, he played one inning for one professional inning at third base. They put him there yesterday against the Tigers. He had like three like diving plays. So I don't want to take credit for it, but I kind of do. I think I think that has a lot to do with the exit fifty-two bump. Um, it again, it's it. He, he's gonna be the man, and and like and and Spenny, you were talking about it. Like Mayo and Kerstad are top prospects in a lot of other farm systems, and they're guys that Orioles fans are like, oh, that's right. Like forgot about Heston Kerstad. Like yeah, he's we're, the number two overall pick. You know, a couple years ago, and and, and where whenever are you going to put these guys, guys, it's like, oh shit, yeah, it's great, it's it's a good it's time. Like, we're going to have some problems at some points where we're going to be like, where do we even fit these guys in? Like, it's just going to be an onslaught of almost like a race to the top, to some degree. And it seems like, I mean, Jackson Holiday's young, and he's going to be a couple years, but like, he seems like he's ahead of schedule already. So, I don't know. Like they're, they have a lot of great problems on their hands in terms of um, having a lot of assets and, and, you know, whenever they want to really step on the gas or lift off or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's, you're exactly right. Like this is the antidote right now for all this, the, the strife in the Ravens world for sure. And it, it fits nicely. I mean, it goes, it's hopefully we're going to be playing into October. So you heard Grayson. That was his plan. Plus, on top of it, I mean, the amount of bats that they have coming up through and then what they were able to do with, like, Voth and be able to recognize little tweaks. It, number one, it's just so anti-Orioles for what I've grown up with and <laughs> having Elias and Sig who can just find absolute one man's trash, another man's treasure. I don't know. People freaking out about them not finding pitching, whatever. But to your point, Brian, being able to have that depth that you're not going to be able to bring everyone up, you're not going to have places for everyone – when they make, like, I'm just excited, and it's probably it's not going to be a big money move, whatever, but when they make the move, whether it's this year or next year, for the guy, the ace, the starting pitcher, as my dog is going crazy here, but uh, the starting pitcher, I just feel so confident, like, if they were to get a Johnny Cueto or something like that, I don't know, that they would know so confidently they were going to create a monster from what that person had already been. So the amount of potential they have right now in not just what they have, but what they can do is, I don't know. It's like content city. That's so fun. Being able to do trade scenarios and all the, being able to be involved, hopefully at like deadline trade scenarios, all of that good stuff. And knowing what they've done with their rotation with the pen is, I don't know, scintillating nerd stuff. What's Matt Harvey doing? Let's see if we can get him back in the rotation. I think he's in, and he's pitching for side. Uh, I think it's Team Italy for the World Baseball Classic. Oh, love that! <laughs> it's not surprising. The World Baseball Classic. I, I, I wouldn't watch it if it was in my backyard. I can't wait. I no, can't I can't wait. wait too. I like the World Baseball Classic. No, I'm just doing a Francesca thing there. It's too bad that Eric, you know, can't can't catch on to that. Uh, but uh, who cares? Seti Seti will be coming in with a huge 
uh, pinch running appearance in the WBC. That's my bold prediction. Who who will? Wow. Fetty? Yeah. Or when Mike Trout inevitably gets hurt and like has to bow out for something. He'll have to like go to like Eagles like Eagles something and, and Seti will step up. I, I, I we need to win the World Baseball Classic. I, I I can't I don't want to do the Mike Trout let down America thing. I don't want to do that. But I, if it happens, I, I'm going to have to do that. I put myself in the position where I have to give that spiel. I really don't want to. I would like them to just win so Mike Trout can just be a winner. And, you know, maybe that will be like, you know, Xander winning the Olympics or something like that. But, like, you know, the World Baseball Classic, it means something to me. Okay, so if Mike Trout can win that thing, it takes a little heat off him. I don't have to do this every time. And I, I don't like that in the first – you know, however long of, of this new era. I've now, Eric tried to goad me into a Masson thing, which I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do the Masson thing either right now. I'm not. I, they're, the Orioles socials giving good content. We saw the Jackson Holiday double. We saw the Heston Kershaw home run. Perfect. Like, if things happen, just give us that content. When you lose 14-2 to the Rays, don't need any video. Good job. Didn't give us anything. So if they do that, I'm not going to complain about Masson. The games are in the middle of the day. I'm not necessarily watching. So I'm not going to complain about Masson. Can't wait to see if Masson does pre and post, though. If they do that this year, would love that. I think that makes sense. That's all my Masson talk for today. I'm not t- talking any more about Masson. I think we have a good relationship with the people that work at Masson. So shout out to Masson. Just keep, you know, keep on keeping I, on. I love Masson. the way you say Masson. Can you hit me with a couple more? Masson, Masson, Masson. So wow. Mike Massino. Yeah. So that's all I have. Mike Trout, once again, win the World Baseball Classic. Just win the World Baseball Classic. Don't lose all three games or whatever and only have one hit like you have in your entire playoff career. Just don't do that. And then we'll be on our way. USA all the way. Mike Trout all the way. The cat I think he's where I think he's the captain of the team. You made a Zander comparison earlier. I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't want to have it. Mike Trout. I think this might be his HGH year. I hope so. <laughs> he just needs to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Do you, do, you, do you guys have any pitch clock thoughts? It's it's making the game shorter. I, what was the the average of these spring training games is like two hours and 30 minutes down like 40 minutes or something like that? I mean, that's Cubs being and Diamondbacks. Regular season games, so. Cubs and Diamondbacks today played a game that was two hours and four minutes. That, that is so I think for me, Brian, and Taylor living close and being able to go catch a quick weekday game. But yeah, that's so what I mean. If, it, that means something. Like if if I feel like I can get all nine innings in and get my bang for my buck on a weeknight, I'm more willing to walk over there as opposed to thinking I'm going to have to be there for three hours and forty five minutes. That's a legit. That's a great point. I had not thought about that. That's a great point. A great point. I will say. So, some nights I want to be at the ballpark for three hours, for three and a half hours. Friday Those night, fine. absolutely. But if a game is two hours, that's when I'm like, I I kind of want more. Like, give me a little more here. And someone else said, think about that. So if you're at a game for two hours, they're selling beer for like an hour and forty minutes. Oof. That's that's where the teams start to go. I do kind of right, wonder, hey, like, I do kind of wonder if the do? umps are going to be alpha enough to really fully enforce it, like in the way they are in spring training, because it feels like in spring training right now, we're getting the preseason thing where they just throw flags at everything just to like, it's preseason for the refs too. It's spring training for the, uh, for the umps too. Are they going to be the alphas and are they going to control this thing? Because in golf, there's supposed to be like pace of play penalties. 
nobody's enforcing that shit because they're too afraid of the players. They don't want to stand up to them. I don't know if it's quite the same in baseball. Like, I think you get some alpha umps, you get your uh, your cowboy Joe West and things of that nature. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think we'll find a happy medium in the regular season. I kind of like it. Do the blue? Do that silly question, Jake. Do the boys in blue want to lay down the law? Yeah, they fucking do. <laughs> some of them of do. Some of them are cowboys. Some of them are there for the there for the camera. Who's the guy that was arguing with uh, Terry? Uh, what's his name of uh, Terry Collins a couple oh, of years ago? Terry, Terry. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, so yeah, Terry more of that. Collins. More of that will be I good. Just, Questions are like, who's going to maximize what? Like, who is going to smart baseball this into being good at baseball? My biggest take, you Mm -hmm. said Scherzer. Scherzer's already doing it. He's talking all about it. Yeah, he's. I'm sure there's good. But like, even team-wise, like how this factors into bullpen decisions, all that kind of stuff. My biggest take of, like, my biggest low-hanging fruit of all of this, fantasy baseball-wise, I'm not drafting anyone who is borderline fluffy. I want skinny boys on my team that are ready at the plate. I don't need any fatties that are going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, Vladdy, I'm not fucking drafting you this year. I drafted Vladdy last year. He's an incredible player. I'm not fucking drafting you. You're going to be down 0 1. This is your, this is your zero RB for, for baseball now. Yes, this is draft the thin boys this year. Like draft those who are in shape. If you think, if you don't think this guy could crush a 5K, do not draft them this year. It's beanpole boys. That's big for me. Mookie, Mookie Betts. This is the year of Mookie um, Betts, yes. Yeah. Finally, his breakout year. Yeah, right. Finally. We've been waiting so long. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, too, on the umpires, though, because I'm wondering, someone's gonna, they're, they're gonna have, some are going to have quick trigger figures. It's just like a strike zone. Every ump, I feel like he's going to be a little different. Some are going to have a quick you know, trigger figure. Some may say, you know, hey, I... I didn't see the I didn't see the pitch clock at, at eight or at, you know whatever it is where the and strikes, it's being you know. set is like getting set subjective to an extent like are they going to be able exactly. to say like was he was he actually set or was he not like yeah. you know yeah the definition it, of a leader looking at the pitcher with eight seconds left seems like it has so much room for interpretation mm-hmm. so I'm, I'll be interested to see that as like a baseball player watching it took some some adjustment for sure because you're used to just having that second to like catch your breath as you're watching and, and looking down at your phone and back and forth. I almost felt uncomfortable with how quick it was. How would this have affected um, your and, uh, intramural no-hitter? Well, it wouldn't have. I work very quick out there. I'm, I'm right. a right-handed Mark Burley. Uh, yeah. But um, thank you for remembering that, by the way. Georgetown, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, but – 15 seconds seems too short. I think it should be like 20 seconds. And I think to avoid that situation that happened with the Braves and everything, um, that they should just do it in innings like one through six or one through seven. And mm-hmm. then they're already doing things to speed up extra innings. So if it goes longer, just leave the pitch clock out of it. You got to run around second. Like things are going to come to a head anyways. You know, I like it overall though, for sure. I think two and a half to two hour 45. Is like the sweet spot for baseball. That means that we're gonna get like if the average is let's say two fifteen, two twenty, like we're gonna get hour and forty minute games. If the if the average is two ten or two fifteen, there will be hour and forty minute games, and that will be wild. That'll be crazy. Again, I mean that that the Cubs Diamondbacks game. I think they had a pitching change in the last inning, and again, it was still two hours and four minutes. Um, I again, I someone tweeted me yesterday because I said like, remember when? the substance checks were going to ruin baseball and everyone was like, this is going to change everything. And we forgot about it like two weeks later. I think this is going to be the same kind of thing. Cause somebody tweeted me after the Red Sox Braves game. and was like, 
So what what are you going to say when this happens in Game Seven of the World Series? It's like you, if you think this is going to happen, they're going to end the Game Seven of the World Series with the automatic strike call. Like you're out of your mind. Like it's not going to happen. Thing, the other thing this is going to do is it's going to help a lot of people's. It once you once they go through a year and they figure out average time of game and it settles in some sort of spot. This is going to help things like where things get placed on TV. Like if you're upset that you can't watch West Coast games because they start at ten thirty, like. They're going to start to put these games into tighter windows because they the games don't overlap or you know things they don't think they're going to go into. Each other. This is why like it doesn't matter as much in this country because soccer doesn't matter as much. But you can fit soccer into really tight TV windows because you know it's going two hours every time. If you know baseball is going two and a half to three hours, you don't need to bank for the fact that it's going to go four in the playoffs. Like that means something and gives people the ability to watch. You know, watch games at different times like that is going to start to factor in how the game is presented visually and on tv and it's probably going to help baseball get into some spots that they weren't in before because networks aren't like oh no this game is about to take three hours and 45 minutes and the only sport americans want to watch for three hours and 45 minutes is football they don't want to watch anything else for that long like Co- so- i mean even college football at this point like if you're watching a big sec matchup that shit's going four and a half hours. It's so long. College football like, is about to – they're about to change. They're going to change the, like, clock stops after first downs rule for sure. Like, those games are way too long, and the TV stuff is, like, way too big now. They have to make those games If you can fit 15 commercials in an SEC game, it, we've gone too far as a society. Wait, like, you sit, like, you know, good Maryland football games and bad Maryland football games. I've sat at a lot of those games. Like, you're in the second quarter and of a noon game – and you're like, when is this game going to end? Like 4.30? Like, it, I mean, it ends up ending around that 3.30 to 4 range because obviously you have the noon and then 3.30 is how college football's windows work. But like, I mean, it, especially when you're on ABC and they're, they're, we're getting deep in the weeds here, but their commercial breaks are super long. I mean, those games are so unbelievably long. And that's the way baseball feels for people. But the problem for baseball is they're not football and people are willing to accept length for football because people are obsessed with football and not as many people are obsessed with baseball. I do agree, RDT. There are going to be some times like on a beautiful Saturday afternoon where you want a baseball game to go three and a half hours because you just want to sit in the stadium and it's fun. But that's what you maybe 15% of the time the other, mm-hmm. you know, 85% of the time you're like, oh my God, it's only in the sixth and it's 945 and you're taking your kid home. I mean, that's what's happening. Like you can't stay the whole game and kids hate that. Like, <laughs> you know, so that's the other part of it. Think about like they can build in double headers so much easily with this going on. And then those games <laughs> where you get the rain delay that pushes the game to like 830. By the time the game starts, you're like, well, I might as well just go home. Like I don't, I don't want to be here till 1230. You have that hope that you can kind of get in and get out, um, and your night's not ruined by that rain delay. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I don't think it's. Gonna be gonna be, nice. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think people are going to freak out about it early. The players will adapt. The the coaching staffs will adapt. We will forget about it, and and it'll be nothing. I mean, it's like almost people's job to make people freak out about it. Like we, they, that is the the media, the conglomerate. We want to create a narrative. There has to be some sort of debate. People have to argue about it. That's the stupid society that we live in. So I think for yeah. us, a good sort of motto going forward is embrace debate. You can do that. Yeah. No, no one's ever said that. Yeah, no. that's a very creative idea, Jake. You have very a lot of original. 
Um, wow, now I get last three other people. Now I get three other people to just like slightly smile at your dumb shit. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I'm excited too. <laughs> the other thing, and it goes back to Spencer, your original point. Like when you say when you say the phrase to someone who's maybe not as into it or whatever, like uh, the point about us, you know, being close to the stadium and being able to just walk over the game, like. Hey, do you want to go to the Orioles game? Isn't that going to be three and a half hours? Oh, no, it's only two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, I can do that. That's a conversation that's going to happen. Like once baseball becomes shorter, and that's going to make more people want to go to the games. Like some people don't want to go because they just don't care. But if they know they don't have to be there for as long, they will go. From June through the through September, it is, in this climate at least, hot as hell. It is exhausting to go to a long, full game that has a slow pace. It wipes your whole night out. I think it raises the social impact. Like those that aren't huge baseball fans are now going to be more willing to go to a game. It doesn't make your entire night written off yet. If you're getting out the, out of there, at, you know, nine nine twenty five p.m. or something, and have a little bit of juice left, and it just makes a more reasonable evening. So many aspects in that sense. I think it's funny that now I almost feel like there's going to be another change, whether it's the time of the clock or something about extra innings. Because now, I mean. The extra innings rule is like not that big of a deal. I feel like this is such a bigger deal than that. So that's yeah. it's strange that they started with that. That was the the tease. That was the uh, the foreplay into this. It was always going to be. Yeah. Um, let's get into our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. You can use the promo code Exit Fifty Two to get twenty percent off of your sunglasses. There was a brief, brief show of warm weather last week it was like 75 and sunny and god should you have had your fed thrills on and if you didn't have your fed thrills on it means you don't have them and it means you should use the promo code x 2 to get 20 percent off of them so go do that uh we are doing random athletes this might be the most open-ended starting five draft in the history of the starting five draft and so this could literally go anywhere we've done like random orioles random um ravens before i think we did random terps as well um and we now have five people drafting. So for listeners of our show, we have just rotated for a while. Banks was starting to push back against the draft spot rotation. So this is now a natural break into what will be a new formula for maybe our drafting. Um, as we go forward, obviously you guys won't be on every draft, but um, I think when it's just the three of us, we're going to figure out a different way to randomize this or something. But right now I'm going to randomize the draft order live on the show. So here we go. I'm clicking it. I had it ready. Banks, you have the first pick. Jake, you have the second pick. I have the third pick. Spenny, you have the fourth pick. And RDT, after your internet was horrible and made us delay the start of the show, you have the fifth pick. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, So, Banks, random athletes. God, this, I, one, one could be a million people. So, you know. Unlike last week where Canadians with Justin Bieber was the clear number one pick. Um, Thanks. Why is this the topic? Well, (laughs) I just thought it would be something to just get the boys chatting a little bit, you know, just having a good time. We, we know the tweet that we're, you're laughing at right now. What is, do you have in front of you? You would likely have it in front of you. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, so you don't have I was trying to no I, I did for a second I was trying to do screen share but fucking my Mac will not allow me to okay uh, at EM Hudson lives dudes can literally just sit around and name old sports players and just have the best time 30.9k retweets 13.7k quote tweets 300 
and 2.2K likes. Those are some numbies right there, fellas. They still seem low. That's pretty vibey. One, one of my favorite games I ever played with one of my old buddies, there was this part of the ceremony stuff we would do in our fraternity. We had to stand somewhere for a really long time, twice a year, and we would have someone pick like a, a big school, and then we would just name as many athletes from that school as we could. That is an outstanding game to pass time in the car. But yeah, random athletes. Random athletes. Um, and another idea, we, we should get in touch with legal about this. Um, make sure we get this under I, our IP, um, especially for the website. Uh, just a random athlete generator. I like it. I feel like, yeah, like as far as like the spectrum, the spectrum yeah. of what everyone in this chat does right now, I think you're probably the closest thing we have to legal right now. So I'm going to put you on that. Okay, that's fair. Um, my my dad's maybe, a lawyer. So. That's actually true. We, we got to get uh, like a <laughs> if we could build in like a seven degrees Kevin Bacon type thing. I think that'd be sick. Yeah, I think Baseball Reference has that or something. They do have something like that, but cross pollinate sports in some way, like. Oh, this guy did a commercial. I think Baseball story. Savant has a random generator, and it'll show you like videos, and you can pick like all no, singles. No, 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 This was all my idea. I, this was me. There is this, also Kevin like Bacon the, goes so much further than that. There's though. also that random athletes uh, like Twitter account that like started to get a little too self-aware, and it was like you know this person who you clearly know who it is, but this is them in college. That you know it was better when it was just random people. Sure. Um, we're going to be here all night if I don't name an athlete. So Yep. Firewise. This is, is going to be – I take him – I'm so confident I took him in the Orioles one, but I don't care. He's like my favorite random guy is Jeff Rebelay. Your boy loves Jeff Rebelay. You do really like Jeff Rebelay. Yeah, just like mid-'90s Orioles with the mustache. Uh, just a Randy Johnson killer. I just love Jeff Rebelay. And the name is so good. It's such a good name. It just so he's, right he's, on the he's a Frenchie, right? Say that again. He's a Frenchie, right? Sure sounds like it. You, you know I got love for that. It sounds like it would be a, a tasteful dish of some yeah. sort. The, the name sounds like Robert Goulet, so that's why I got excited. Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. How many Twitter followers for Jeff Reboulet? Uh That's a great Not question. Enough. 860. 1,020. Uh, you were very close. Oh, he looks like when he was his prime. He looked like like if you were just like, he should be in like a. There should be a wax figure of him in a museum. The way he looked, like he just he, encompassed everything that was like that era of baseball. He looks like the generic a generic player from Ken Griffey Junior. Slugfest. Yes, like when you just create a player and you give him a mustache. That's yep. Jeff Rebelay. And that's what a name generator would generate too for create a player. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I guess I got second. Uh, yes. For some reason, I don't know why this came to mind, but when you brought this up, this was the first name for me. Uh, Algy Crumpler. Ooh, I had that written down. I Funny had story. Written down. Uh, my younger brother, Sam, loved the name Algy Crumpler so much on Madden. We have an Algy Crumpler jer- Falcons jersey at my parents' house. Yep. We bought an Algy Crumpler jersey. Eric, he's, I, I'm sure you're, you're a big Algy Crumpler guy. Shook Ray Lewis out of his cleats that one guy. 
Yeah. Game winning touchdown, I believe. This from Bill Belichick on Algie Crumpler when he was with the Patriots. He's very professional. Algie's really smart. He's into football. He works hard at it. He has a great presence. He's one of those guys that just seems like he always does the right thing no matter what the situation is. Whether it's in a game, in practice, in a meeting, in a walkthrough. Whether it's a decision on the play, whether it's the way his demeanor is at that particular time. He knows when to smile. He knows when to be serious. He knows when to step up, when to back off, when to gear it up, when to say and do the right thing. He's constantly helping his teammates and making reminders to them or telling them what to do to help them work off him and so forth. I guess I think the best way I can put it is it seems he always does the right thing no matter what the situation is. Bill Belichick on Algie Crumpler. That's the second. Wow. He, was one of my, he was one of my answers on the dozen too, so I have a fond wow. memory of him. This is an Algie Crumpler positive podcast. We are very pro-Algie here, not only in lace That's- but also on the football field. I made it a point I- to, uh, to see Michael Vick. When he came to Baltimore the one time, and you're exactly right, Algie Crumpler scored the touchdown. Only touchdown that the, the Falcons scored that day. Jamal mm-hmm. Lewis had a day that day, if I remember right. This is the first guy that came to my mind that I'll take with the third pick. I don't know what this is going to say about me. I am not lying in which, when you guys said random athletes, this is the first person I thought of. I am taking retired Dutch swimmer Peter Vanden Hogenbond. <laughs> <laughs> You almost just took my number one pick. I also picked a Dutchman. So I, you, when you said Dutch, my uh, fucking heart dropped. Three Olympic gold medals, seven medals total. One of the great names in the history of sports, Peter Van den Hogenbond. What did you Google to, to find that and settle on that? I, did, I, I didn't. It came right to my mind. That's wow. that's when you. Like I said, when you guys said random athletes, that's the first person I thought of. I just Googled his credentials. That's so. outstanding. Peter Van den Hogenbaan, now called the Flying Dutchman. The, here is three nicknames on Wikipedia. The Flying Dutchman, sure. The Dutch Dolphin, nice alliteration. And Hoogie. Absolutely love it. Love this guy. Shout out to Va- shout, shout out to PVDH, which I'm sure is what everybody else calls him. The Hoogman. The Hooganator. Rival of another random athlete I may take in this draft. I may take two swimmers. I don't know the if I'm odds, the odds of us going back to back in both of our number one picks being Dutch is fucking crazy. I'm yep. going. I'm going Rude Van Nistelrooy. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that legend. Pick. Absolute stud, handsome son of a gun, and one of the greatest quotes to encompass the essence of one Rude Van Nistelrooy. My back is to the goal, fighting physically off defenders, <laughs> trying to bang my goals in. Every week, I have to do the business for this club. That is the life of a striker. That was awesome. I used to work I with a lot that. of Dutch people, and you kind of you kind of nailed that. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> very good. The life of a striker by Rude Van Nistelrooy. Good I'm pick. Thinking, I, I I thought I thought this is where Banks was going too, um, and he seems kind of right up Banks's alley. Uh, Jeff Fiorentino, another oh, just fantastic I like that name. One too. Yeah, again. Straight no clue why. Yeah, yeah, he killed it. Um, he actually, and I, I don't remember this. He had two stints with the Orioles. He played with them in 05 and and uh, 06. Took took 07 off for whatever reason, uh, probably injury. Um, 08 with the Athletics, and then came back for uh, another double uh, his double dip with the Orioles in 09, and that was it. 58, 56 games played as an Oriole, 58 in his career. Um, Jeff Fiorentino, just a guy. Just a guy. 
He is a dude. Yeah, that's that's a that's a man. Yes, yeah, he's hundred percent a man. Um, my second one, my back to back. Um, I'll go a little hockey here, and again, he he may have been a little controversial. Uh, we're taking my my all time favorite cap until Ovi got there. Chris Simon, love the long hair, mm-hmm. love the 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 Native American, and then I think he's just straight up smoked some guy with a stick, and I don't think he's a very good guy off the ice, but I love the dude so. I remember Chris. he may have just punched a guy from behind and drove his think, head into the ice. Yeah, like it was that. like I think it was right after Todd Bertuzzi that incident, or maybe right before. And it was like, oh, this is not a good, not a good moment for mm. for Chris Simon. I love that dude though. I thought he was great. He was badass. He was. Spenny, you're up. My second pick is going to be. I think I actually, I my interpretation of this was an all name team. I think I realized, and I'm going to go <laughs> with. Uh, an absolute forgotten legend in Kabir Gabaja Biamilla. Mm. So I'm going to start out with Ooh. an all-name team of Rude Van Nusseroy and Kabir Gabaja Biamilla. Uh, people forget, had a 14-and-a-half sack season. And he had a great year. Had a, I think he had like three or four straight 10-sack seasons. He was, he was up there in terms of pass rushers uh, in his peak in the early 2000s. And another great quote here, blitzing will only get you so far. We're a fundamental defense. Trust me, when you take a girl out on a date, you want to go right home, but you have to go to dinner first. Hmm. A lot of, lot of uh, pervy Packers. A lot of pervy Packers, I will say, in the history of Green Bay. Very very horny organization. People don't talk about that enough. People don't talk about that enough. We got a draft about that. Um, I was going to go. <laughs> Please yeah, put that, that one down. I know that Michael Campanero <laughs> the was number two on Taylor Lewan's list. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we yeah we don't have to get into that, but shout out to camp. I am, <laughs> I had an MMA guy written down, but I'm switching midstream. I am gonna take the Huntington Beach bad boy Tito Ortiz with my. That is mm. Tito Ortiz. At one point, was a humongous deal, and he is an absolute clown. But one of the great trash talkers of all time that got beat so many times. Like Chuck Liddell just kept beating him and he just kept talking trash and it always was entertaining. Um, I don't know what Tito Ortiz is doing now. I think he boxed Anderson Silva a couple years ago. That sounds um, right. And I don't know if he's done anything since he ran for the city council of Huntington beach. I think he got in there at one point. Um, uh, he's a big Trump guy as well. So that's that's a bit of a scene. Say, but, I, know, I think I know somewhere he did get in on January sixth, but yeah. <laughs> there's one thing that Tito Ortiz is is a proud boy. We all know that <laughs> he's a very proud boy. <laughs> two yeah. for two there, jeez. So um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Tito. I w- my, I won't. I guess somebody else can take this person, so I'll say it after. I won't pick another MMA guy probably, but I'll get an MMA person in. Uh, Jake, fit, that, I like what you did there, Taylor. That really fit in nicely with the group of uh, athletes we have so far. Yeah. Great name, great apparel choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Briny Baird, the guy that will wear the uh, the PF Chang's hat, the golfer. Uh, I think he was like, I don't know if he's like the all time win it, like the all time moneyless guy that literally never won a PGA Tour event, but he played for like 20 years. I'm going to see if I can pull up a picture, but he would wear a big straw PF Chang's hat, and uh, I was pretty into that. So, Briny Baird, the early 90s sponsorships on bags and things like that were just out of this world. Like, yeah, the, I don't uh, know that it'll ever be the same. Greg Norman wearing like the McDonald's and stuff like that. Like, oh, I'm just so into that kind of shit. And Briny Baird is definitely uh, one of those names, and uh, just a great name in general too. So Briny Baird, my my golf pick. I like it. 
I'm going to go with uh, this. Is this our first basketball player? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. I'm going to take Jahidi White. Ooh, good take pick. A, uh, Wizards, Wizards legend, high socks. Um, probably would get called for a few uh, pitch clock violations if you were, uh, you know, an MLB based on Spanish criteria. Um, but yeah, he, when I think about bad Wizards teams, I think Jahidi White is one of those names that comes to mind. That's good, good pick. Like- 55? You wore 55, right? 55, yep. Yeah. Thanks, you have another. Todd Gibson out here wearing 67. I mean, what are we doing? Um, I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to delve into the, the Olympic realm here a little bit. I'm going to take Peekaboo Street. When I, You've taken Peekaboo I Street also, in a draft before. Have we? <laughs> I mean – I'm pretty I, sure. It occurred to me as well that I'm just thinking of the just awesome names, and Peekaboo Street is an all-time name. Did we do an all-time name draft? Is that what we did maybe? I think we did an Olympians draft. We did uh, do an okay. Olympians one. Nothing on Peekaboo Street, boys? No, I mean, Peekaboo Street was good. I mean, Peekaboo Street is a great name. Um, was sort of the, I think, like, when you grew up was kind of the skier that you knew, and now that's Lindsey Vaughn. But, um... And now Michaela Schifrin, but like I think like that was the first skier I can remember knowing was Peekaboo mm-hmm. Street, um, and then it was probably Bodie Miller after that. Yeah, <laughs> tough, and then Jeremy, tough scenes. Jeremy in Bloom, Jeremy Bloom, yeah, and the moguls Jeremy was a big deal. I did a school, I did a school project on Jeremy the, uh, Bloom, the card game movie. Yeah, so yeah, Peekaboo. I was, Peekaboo. I was more of a Michaela Schifrin girl or gal, I should say. She's still, I mean, she's about to break or already just did break the record for most skiing World Cup wins. I think yeah, she's big time Barilla she's gal. Ch- tracing that right now. Talking sponsors. Tough flame out at the Olympics for Michaela a couple years Very ago. Tough. But what what can you do? The her sitting on the mountain for a while was a was was a scene. Um Jake. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go basketball here, too. Uh, I don't know why this name came to me, but uh, just growing up, if you're a Terps fan, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. So I don't really have a ton of memories of the national championship team. But one of my guys that was like one of my first guys was Mr. DJ Strawberry. So I'm going to go ahead and take him guard out of Maryland. I think he bounced around in the NBA for a while. Uh, let's see. If I, can I have a Phoenix Suns DJ Strawberry jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So Phoenix Suns, Fortitudo Bologna, uh, Luetovos Ritas, Hapol Jerusalem, Sabona Zagreb, Alon Bird. Yeah, there's just a lot of, lot of things I can't pronounce here. Still playing, or at least he was in 2022 for Zamalek. So DJ Strawberry, son of Dar- uh, Daryl Strawberry, actually. Fun, fun fact. Daryl Strawberry hit a foul ball that knocked my dad's uh, lenses out at the 96 ALCS. So there's your uh, Kevin Bacon. Seven, seven, wow. uh, whatever mm. it is. Seven, seven degrees. degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Seven berries. How about that? <laughs> um, DJ Strawberry, basically a co host to Exit 52 podcast. Basically. Somebody say. I'm going to take a local, I'm going to get one local one in. This is, you know, I, this might, maybe is. I feel like it's still random. I have his jersey. I'm taking Robert Andino. Mm. I have to get him in there. I mean, everybody knows. I don't need to go into the story. That's a I, good local pick. That's a good local pick. After he did that, I impulse bought his jersey and have worn it to an Orioles game on multiple occasions. People always stop me and are like, oh, Robert Andino. It's a good darty jersey. Like, it's a great pickles jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Eric was wearing that in 2015 when he was, you know, shouting what are Saturdays for at uh, local celebrities. Can I, can I, can I like, this is going to sound so stupid. You guys are saying no. Can I take three at once? They're all the same. Fire away. We make so decisions after you take it. So if, I will, so I, I will do something ridiculous. If you, if any of you guys have do it. one of these do three. It. All right. I'm do going it. Vladimir Radmanovich, Peja Stoyakovich, and I missed the third. I'm missing the third. I'm going Vladimir Radvanovich and Pedro Stojakovic and Andre Kirilenko. That was my third. I'm going. I'm going straight mid 2000s uh, NBA 2K, freaking 78 overall shooters, white boys, slow play defense, and uh, just just had some crazy haircuts as well. Pedro Stojakovic's three point competitions were fire. So good. Fire. He was such a such a presence son, in the three point competition. His son is committed to somewhere. Just committed somewhere. I hope yeah. he's maybe he's playing for Gonzaga or somewhere like that. These guys walk so Luca could run. That's true. That's very true. Uh big I was a big Pager guy. I loved Andre Kirilenko, Mr. Twenty Ten and uh, that those those guys I, th- those bring me back to a, a certain portion of my childhood shirtless, haven't showered in two days, in my mom's basement playing NBA 2K or NBA Live. Like I'm 31 seat, like I'm three seasons into my dynasty or franchise, and like I have to sign Vladimir Radmanovich to my team. I need a fucking four five. Like I needed Vladimir Radmanovich so many times in my life. So that was he my- is headed. He's headed to Stanford. Uh, his son. Love that. Love that. He'll set the Stanford three-point record. You better. No dinner. Um, I'm going to go. I'll dive into the Wizards uh, bag of tricks here, too. And I'll go uh, Popeye Jones. Power for power. power. He's the ugliest, the ugliest person in basketball. That dude was. I mean, he looks like Sloth. Is, is it Sloth from the Goonies? The Gremlin. He looks like a giant Gremlin. Yeah. He looks he like was. one of the Monstars. Yeah, yeah, he could definitely be a monster without the power. He was just, he was something. But again, like a classic name, Popeye Jones, just such a perfect name. And, and again, he was like a good role player on those Wizards teams. Um, so I will take Popeye. And I will take, that's not who I wanted. Um, my, I, I'll go football here. And I, again, I'm going to Titan. I'll take Peter Sermon. Who was a linebacker who I saw break his back on a kickoff in Pittsburgh, and he broke it on the sideline. He got hit, and he, you know, he like fractured a vertebrae or something. But he was on the sideline for like twenty minutes, and they couldn't move him. And I just remember some Pittsburgh fan behind me, like getting up and screaming, like, "Drag him off the fucking field!" And this guy was just furious. And the the lady next to me was like, "What if that was your son?" He has a broken back, and the guy was just like, I don't give a fuck. This game's been delayed way too long. It was probably it Jersey was, Jerry. Yeah, like probably. It was it was just a scene. Um again, I think he wore 59 for those those like those early Titans teams, like 2000, 2001, 02, right around there. So good old Peter Sermon, just a good old linebacker, special teams guy. Broke his back. Next to uh, Keith Bullock, you know, another Madden free agent. I love, I, I love when there's a good 73 overall free agent. That's how you know you have a good random athlete. So mm-hmm. I, I love that pick. Um, I, this is the first one I have that isn't on the all-name team. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Is it my second one? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Okay. Is it? 
no, no. Am I right or wrong? No, you did too, didn't you? Didn't you do Popeye and? Yes, yes, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. See. Oh my god! I was like, I ruined Sorry. my first. I ruined my first top five. Oh my god! Uh, this is my first not all name team. I have a couple of treats on there still as well. But I'm gonna go John Lieber. John Lieber. <laughs> wow. Fill me in. There's. <laughs> John John Lieber. I think he started with the Pirates, and then had he one was... good year on the Yankees. I think he played for the Cubs, and then I feel like he, he played like for the a... Cubs at least once perennial like trade deadline guy like i feel like he was constantly on on the market perennial like four era guy that like was a really yeah. good veteran starter to have i i wonder if he made an all i feel like he made at least one all-star team he he yeah he was like a guy that was like well this guy could be an upgrade over our number four guy um who's the guy that we traded for like five six years ago feldman like he's yeah, on that level. Scott Feldman, yeah. Scott Feldman, like he's kind of that. Probably Lieber was probably a little better. He, he probably made an All Star team. He was an All Star um, in two thousand one. I think that's a very good like trivia, who, like random All Star to name. Um, he also he had a four two seven career ERA, and he was one hundred and thirty one and one hundred and twenty four. He had a one two seven eight WHIP. Like he was he was solid. He was solid. Fourth in Cy Young voting. As um, a cub in 01. That I've was a, got that the tweet, tweet notifications for Lamar Jackson. I don't know if you all have that on, but <laughs> Lamar just re quote tweeted the uh, the Florio Sims video. Oh boy. With the uh, the LeBron exasperated and confused looking up at the scoreboard above him gif. Looking at this right now. Yep. Sure, Twitter will take that, you know, calm and. <sighs> See, I told y'all, I told y'all Lamar knew. You think this man's not an entrepreneur? Good pick. Who's the next one? Yeah, I'm going to take Michaela Maroney. <laughs> That's not random, Taylor. No, you you'll make a more thinking about Michaela Maroney. But I think she's like Tito Ortiz isn't not random, but isn't random either. I think Michaela Maroney fits into that. I, I can take an, I can go with different gymnasts. I don't want Taylor's list goes to bed thinking about Michaela Maroney. That it is not some guy I need out publicly. It's just not true. That's horrible. She got That's just slander. Great ass. I, I'm taking <laughs> I don't need <laughs> come on. I'm taking I'll, I'll go even more random with my gymnast. I'll take Jordan Weber. That's right. I'm getting a gymnast in. I'm getting a gymnast in there. I'm getting a gymnast I just in there. Supposed him out to, of a good pick too. Yeah, that was that was to, that was something to see. <laughs> I mean, that's just. I mean, it's not random enough. It's not random enough. I'm willing to. I'm willing to go even deeper into the my credentials as an Olympic guy. I'm just willing to do it. So I'm going to do it. I'm put, I'm writing Michaela Maroney down. I'm writing since Spenny just took three. I'm taking Michaela Maroney and Jordan Weaver. I'm taking them both. I love it. The twenty, just the twenty twelve. U.S. Olympic gymnastics team, honestly, has just been my pick. I almost went back to 96 and went Dominique Mochianu, but I'm doing this wow. instead. That would just be showing off, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that would yeah. You guys would have me off this podcast quick. Um, let me stop digging myself into a hole here. Um, who's up here, Jake? Nate McClough. Keeping track of this is much harder than before. Nate McClough. Okay. You know, okay. kind of a kind of a random signing there in 2012. You know, we, we weren't really expecting that run. 
Uh, and we were not expecting him to be a big part of it either. I don't think, uh, in that postseason with his, his back just getting super hot and you know, did he hit the foul pole, whatever the fuck that happened? I don't know, but the, the guy just brought it. He had heart. He was, he was just one of those fun journeyman guys that was only here for, I think two years. And, uh, I think he had a walk off at one point. Great flow. Love Nate McLeod. He was a deadline acquisition. Also had one of the all time great in my lifetime, free t-shirt giveaways that t-shirt was fucking sick with a little bandit on it mm-hmm. that was an elite elite giveaway t-shirt one of my buddies still has that cut the sleeves off he'll still rock that it's, it's i have i have like three of them and they're all xls so like they're like nightgowns on them. Yeah. Great but i thought you were gonna say he also had one of the best uh walk-up songs too that's what i was gonna say do you yeah. know the song no what's the song? uh it's kiri alaysom i bought it uh um it's spelled Kyrie, by the way. Yeah, I know it's. I, I know it's like pronounced weird. I don't know who it's by. No, it's Mister Mister. That's yes, yes. It's a great walk-up song. Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. You'd know it if you heard it. Love Nasty Nate. I gotta go into the golf round here a little bit. I gotta get one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Tom Kite. Just a very simple, straight to the point kind of name. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody's ever seen. Mr. Smythe and Tom Kite in the same room. I was going to say, my dad. We could have Taylor put on some gigantic. Well, it could be you. Could be your dad. I think glasses. Oh my god, that's your dad. If someone were to say that Tom Kite is your uncle, I'd I'd believe it. That's your dad. Maybe me and maybe me and Tommy Kite have relations in some way, or um, or cousins or something. One of the most uh, one of the most nineteen nineties things I've ever heard is it might have been Ben Crenshaw described him as uh, having a heart as big as the size of his home state of Texas. Wow, <laughs> the most golf thing I've ever heard, and the most nineteen nineties thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's very Ben Crenshaw too. Yeah, it's very shout out to Gentle Ben Crenshaw and Gentle Ben Crenshaw. That's that's very very much that right in that wheelhouse. Jake Jake loves that for me in my uh, my new golf endeavors. Yeah, gentle spend Crenshaw. Get on board. <laughs> Banks, you have another one to finish your um, draft. Uh, this is kind of like your first pick, Taylor, where I was just like, all right, let me think of a football one. And then this name just popped in my head for I, I cannot explain why. But Ricky Prohl. Ricky Prohl pop, popped into my head. Do you know the fun fact about Ricky Prohl? That's not I mean, a phrase that's ever been said. Um, unbeaten in Super Bowl? No, he played on the Panthers team. I don't know. He caught he caught the game time touchdown in consecutive Super Bowls on two different teams. That's right. Mm. With, yeah, with like under and wasn't it with like under four minutes or two minutes or something? Vinatieri. He's on the other side of Vinatieri kicks in consecutive years. Or no, it wasn't consecutive years. It was two years apart because the Bucks team split them. But it was the Rams and then the Bucks. Well, you get what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. caught game tying touchdowns in two Super Bowls on different teams that resulted in the loss. Via Adventary kicks. Yes. Shortly after. Yes. And also has a son, Austin Prohl, I think is a battle hawk right now. Little little XFLer. Fuck yeah, dude. UNC Shout out, Shout out Austin. Jake. I'm going to go with, uh, and I don't know how random this is because he's probably the GOAT, but uh, I'm going to go with Paul Macbeth, the disc golf 
goat. He's basically the tiger of disc golf. And uh, I don't know. It's just a great name. Paul Macbeth. The guy just bangs chains with the best of them. So that's my, this that's is my what I think part. like you're a freshman year of college. You like used to like lather yourself in patchouli oil and play a lot of hacky sack. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but no, I think you know exactly what I that definitely means. didn't do any of that. I was, I was pretty cool back in the, back in those days. There's nothing uncool about patchouli oil. You said it, not me. I, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I'm right. Anarchy, anarchy. I don't know what it means, but I love it. Paul Macbeth, fifth pick. Um, I'm taking two-time Masters top five placer Shingo Katayama with my last pick. Mm. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Shingo. I've all, he had an amazing name, and I just remember me and my brothers loved his name. And he, I think, also had some interesting hat wearing um tendencies i think he wore like a, a cowboy hat so i'm thinking yeah that sounds right guys, i'm thinking shingo always a, he when me and my brothers think of a random golfer it is always shingo katayama so that's who's coming on yoshi shinjo of the mets you got a, everybody went crazy after ichiro is like oh we got to get one of those japanese guys another golfer you got a shigeki maruyama which if you listen to steve elkington pronounce right. that name that's 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 an all-timer Shingo was an elite random. Like I want to use someone random in Tiger Woods PGA Tour games on PS2. Yeah. Um. Spencer, I'm gonna go. I have a few here. I thought you were just gonna take all of them. Yeah, the goal, the, the, I'll be for, uh, for I'll, I'll do a brief reading at the end. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I'm going to go with Michael Olawa Candy. Michael Olawa nice. Candy, sure. another just solid name, plus another low 70s free agent you had to pick up in sports video games. And where, where did he play college basketball? Someone has to know this quick. Uh, Pacific. Love it. Yes, exactly. I think he's the only NBA player ever from Pacific. And uh, Mike, Michael Olawa Candy. 1 1. Did he went 1 1, yeah. 1 1, yeah. Yes, yes, he did. He NBA uh, courtside with Kobe Bryant too. The announcer every time he got the ball, although I can't, it's so good. The name just always sticks with me. Every time I play the Clippers, it's just nothing but Olo Candy. Because by the time he finishes saying the last name, Olo Candy's already shot it or passed it, and you just it's just nothing but Olo Candy. Here's your top 10 in the 1998 NBA draft. Michael Olokandy, one. Mike Bibby, two. Rafe LaFriends, three. Antoine Jameson, four. Vince Carter, five. Robert Trailer, six. Jason Williams, Florida, Sacramento. Not the murderer. Uh, Seven, allegedly, murderer. Uh, Larry Hughes, eighth. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, ninth. Paul Pierce, tenth. Four Hall of Famers in that draft. I guess I I don't know if Antoine Jameson can be Hall of Famer. So three Hall of Famers in that draft Rafe for sure. LaFrance he should make be the Hall of Fame. Antoine Jameson's Hall of Very Good, so he he counts. Yeah. My dad came back from a business trip to Denver with a Rafe LaFrance jersey from me, for me, <laughs> uh, Nuggets. He had gotten <laughs> traded like the day before, and they were just slinging jerseys for eight bucks in the team store. Essentially, I I the top my Rafe the nine of the top ten picks were better than the number one overall pick. I think every one of those guys had a better career. Maybe not Robert Trailer, but Bibby was better. LaFrenz was better. Yeah, RP. Vince Sandy was better. Jameson was better. Jason Williams was better. Larry Hughes was better. And obviously, Dirk and Paul Pierce. Tough. Tough scene for the clip show. Finish it off, RDT. Yep. Benny Agbayani. 
I like that pick too. Got hit in the nuts. I think he fouled off a ball like right into his nuts, and like it was in Sports Illustrated. It was in like the first three pictures of Sports Illustrated, like when they used to have that, like when you would start the magazine. Um, yeah. I think he gave the ball. I think he did one of the thought there were three outs, caught it, gave the ball to a fan. He may have done that. Mm, that happened like two or three times in a in a year or two span, and then it hasn't really happened again. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen a good one in a while. Um, and I just also like, I just remember um, my cousin. We went and stayed at my cousin's house, and he's a Mets fan. And whatever month we were there, Benny Agbayani was on the calendar, and I was like sleeping on the ground, and I could just see this calendar of Benny Agbayani. So. And again, he got hit in the nuts. I don't know how you can forget that. So it's a very random, random met. What a draft! Um, any honorable mentions? So many. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is Keon, the part where we're here the rest of the night. <laughs> Keon Dueling, Lavernius Cole. Those were my next. Oh, Lavernius Cole is a good Bo, one. Bo Outlaw as well. Ooh, I had Dave Dave Neal, Kenny Tate. Rowdy Gaines and Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice is a fucking amazing pick. Charles Mm. James, Ben Tate, Tom Zibikowski, Kirk Heinrich, Paul Poslesny, Jonas Blixt, uh, Nolan Ryman. A lot of of Polish for you, Jake. What's that? You're big on the Polish. A little bit, yeah. Jonas Blixt. Yeah. Joe Jerevicious. Jerevicious, yeah. He's he's This is this is. A bit of a humble brag. I once stood in, in the trees on the seventeenth at the Masters next to Jonas Blix as he hit it out. He was he played. He was, was did he play with Spieth when he won? I think, or was that another year? Uh, I think he played with Spieth the year before when Spieth was in contention when Bubba won his second one. I believe he was around on the final day because that's when I went, and then yeah. Spieth won the next year. That's like the only reason I would know him is you know he's been been hanging around at Augusta you know a couple of years maybe one or two years. Good name. Yeah. Joe Jarvis um, is incredible. That's a very good one. Uh, Nick Kaner Medley, Maryland person of the week. Um, RDT, you better have one ready because for like three weeks, you have not had one ready. So DL Hall, first. baby. DL Hall, Dayton Lane. Um, he like broke Orioles beat reporter Twitter one morning when it was like, oh my God, he cut his hair and like it was just all over. And then when he came out and was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. He's donating it for um, a, a – I don't remember the name of the foundation. Um, but, you know, it's making wigs for people with cancer. So I just thought that was a really cool move by him. Um, again, we saw his hair in person a couple weeks ago. It's fantastic. And and for him to cut his hair off and, and donate it again, I thought that was just really, really cool of him. He talked about how he wanted to do it last year, but he didn't get it long enough. So I think he said he donated 15 inches of hair. So – Good on, good on you, DL. I thought that was just a really, really cool move. I hope that is worthy of a, uh, of my. I hope that makes up for my absences the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you saw Wonderful. my uh, my white mic comparison. I think I did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll allow it. It looks good. Jake. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna do a little bit of a time person of the year. It's you situation. All the listeners, everyone who's listened to us over the years, uh, to Spenny and I, at the very least, thank you guys. Only from Maryland, though. Uh, okay, yeah, but literally, literally everyone. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you, and uh, looking forward to uh, the next steps here. If you're listening to this, you are my Maryland Nick Caner Medley person of the week. 
Thanks. Time person of the year, just a great company to be among. There's some real winners in that crop. Yeah. All five of us here, you know. And talk about a flourishing media company. <laughs> I'm going to call this a call this a free ad if you will. Maybe I'll redact it actually. Um popular Tex-Mex fast food restaurant with a drive-through and a breakfast. I just had to note that uh somebody here asked Somebody here asked about breakfast at some point during the past week of where he should go. Is Chick-fil-A or this place? And then he goes on to say eggs and cheese, like ew. Like I don't even like what are we what are we doing here? Why are you asking people for breakfast suggestions if you don't even eat eggs and eggs and cheese? But anyways. Potatoes this, exist, pancakes exist, bacon exists, sausage whatever. exists. Whatever. But you're not, not getting those at a fast food cheese restaurant. Cheese and eggs. Not everything needs. What do you mean you're not getting that? You're going to McDonald's. Yes. Who's getting Who's getting that on the fly? Come on. Anyways, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tex-Mex restaurant here. Boy is filling it up 18 times in the month of February. I'm just absolutely crushing Taco Bell breakfast, <laughs> just on a on a morning basis, just like clockwork, and I. It's kind Are you of like salivating right? right now, like thinking about? Uh, yeah, it? You're actually, like getting yeah. a little it's, finicky. Over I said there. this like a couple weeks ago. Like Taco Bell breakfast is so criminally underrated, and I'm afraid that if people don't start to talk about it, it's just going to go away. And then the response I got to that was tremendous, and it gave me a lot of hope. It sounds so, like you're single-handedly keeping them in business. I might be, and I'm proud to do so. The breakfast is phenomenal. It's- Sausage uh, breakfast quesadillas, so good. Uh, I'm not big on having potatoes mixed into sandwiches or like like items. Um, I like potatoes on their own, but uh, the quesadilla in itself is, is just it's delightful. And you get the little Cinnabon bites. Oh, oh, those, those things are unbelievable. I, I don't know yeah. how people do those for, for breakfast. I get those when I go to Taco Bell normally and just like house a 12-pack. My only like downside is like the combos. The default is, is a two-pack. It's like... What are we doing with two? Yeah. It's almost like an insulting, insultingly few amount of Cinnabon. My, my guess for your tab is one hundred thirty-three dollars and two cents. I just, I don't, know I, I don't, I don't know what the total is. I just have the orders here, and it's, oh my god! I mean, that's sixty-six that score sheet here. That's sixty-six point six. Repeating, of course, percent. There was um, a run at one point where I added another quesadilla on eight straight orders because my rewards were just absolutely stuffed. So, and they were expiring. So, you boys got to get that extra Dilla. Sponsor podcast, Taco Bell. Yeah, I'm coming out of the podcast. We got to get in touch I'll with young it. brands. Spenny. My Maryland person of the week is an author from the city of Baltimore who sold over 100 million copies of books. Rest in peace to Tom Clancy. I know that he would have loved the sped up pitch clock which is now taking effect. He used to have to leave after the seventh inning of every single game. Uh, fantastic author. Recently recently been dabbling in some Tom Clancy and, and led to many great things. Great Baltimorean, great Marylander. And I know that he just would have loved a faster game, faster pitch clock. Would have been able to stay for, for whole games. Notorious for leaving at the uh, after the seventh inning. So shout out Tom Clancy. Rest in paradise, King. A loyal Adon, him and, him and good old Mike Luke. I did a yeesh. I hate. I just that had to you. do like a triple take because I was like, "Wait, he died." I like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I just googled like, ago. "Wait, 
I are we knocking out dead or alive right now? And I was like, shout out to Tom Clancy who has come back to give his uh, great rapport for the the sped up pitch clock. He he's come back from beyond on the other side to, to say how much he loves it. And he but personally I know that he designed loved all those it, video and, uh, games and is making just, Jack. Just Ryan. wanted to shout out a great Baltimore and great Marylander that uh, don't don't want him to go unnoticed or, or un uh, unremembered. Respect. I'm thinking about you, Tom. <laughs> it would have been a great pick in the random authors draft. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that one at some point. Um, I am going to take uh, Jameer Young uh, with yes. my pick here. Um, what a uh, exciting time for Maryland basketball as they continue to um, outdo all preseason expectations. And one of the big reasons for that is Mr. Young, um, the Upper Marlboro native, the Charlotte transfer, the DeMatha alum who is uh, leading the next wave of Maryland basketball here. Uh, he is also an awesome kid behind the scenes. Everybody really likes him. I, I will say this Maryland team has a bunch of awesome dudes on it. Um, Don Carey is an awesome dude. Pat Emilian is an awesome dude. Dante, Hakeem. Um, and they put together a very fun performance on Sunday and could be this number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. If Penn, if if Purdue loses out and Maryland wins out, they win a share of the Big Ten title, which I think is just a wild thing to note. Um, and could, you know, depending on what they do the next couple weeks, could be like a, you know, between a seven and maybe a four seed in the NCAA tournament, which is amazing considering where they were um, in terms of roster construction when Kevin Willard took over. An incredible job by him as well, but I'm going to take Jameer. Uh, the step back three at the end of the half on Sunday was sick. Um had a hammer dunk as well in the first half and has uh, quickly become a huge fan favorite. He got a giant ovation for a one-year player in the senior day ceremony. So shout out to that dude. Shout out to that entire team. Very fun team to watch and be a part of in a very small way. So um, I, we, I do want to mention we have six people here and we've crested the two-hour marks of Dead or Alive. Uh, Bart Starr. Did I do him already? I don't know if I did. Dead. 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 I actually am not 100% sure. <laughs> I think he's dead. dead. Has to be dead. I think he died like in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I think it's within say, the last I year. I want to say since 2020. <laughs> they Ooh. honored him during a season. They honored May, him in a Sunday night game. May 26, sure. 2019. Yeah. That's insane. 2019. I do recall that Hard game. Star. One of those horny Packers. Yep. <laughs> Maybe the OG. Oh, we Probably the horniest. Spoiling picks. That's what, that's what the people are talking about. Can't the wait till the horny pack was trapped. Probably, probably the horniest. <laughs> I that legitimately think hungover. horny athletes would be a very, very yeah, that's uh, we're 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 really 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 itching for trouble with that. <laughs> allegedly, I mean, <laughs> just a lot of allegedly going <laughs> to get thrown around there. I saw <laughs> a, video, a video that was sent in one of our group chats recently of. Nothing. I won't. Uh, yeah, no, no. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually sent it to two group chats. Let's keep that one in-house. Um, speaking of in-house, uh, we can finish on this. Um, as we talked about at the top, very excited for this endeavor moving forward um, and excited for all the listeners to go along the journey with us. Um, appreciate Jake and Spenny for joining the Exit 52 team and doing this podcast. This has been very, very fun. Thanks to all of our partners. 
Fed Thrill, Thread Love of Midnight, and Jimmy Seafood. You can follow the podcast at Exit 52 Podcast. I guess I should know this. What is the URL to this website? Exit52podcast.com? Let me pull it up. Well, I got to publish it first, but yeah, I believe that's what it's going to be. Let's see. It's a good radio. That is, I, that is, I should have had that in the pregame talking points, but what can you do? Yeah, no, I probably we're, should have been on top of that too. That's okay. Yeah. No, you, that's we're holding okay. off on dropping this March 1st, right? I like how we're just debating strategy here at the end of the show. Yeah, I actually, mean, I think <laughs> I said we'll make it make everybody part of it. You know? Tell yeah, us this will be live with, with, from this website. Let us know what you want to see on this website, what you would be into, blogs, merch, posts, games, what any ideas you have, hit us up. Spencer said, yeah, very true. Spencer said website. news coming tomorrow, by the way. So I don't know if that puts the clock on us. I can get all this up tomorrow if we uh, need it. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, it's fine. Let's do it. All right. Um, yeah, website will be will be not a work in progress, but I agree. The g- good call there in, in terms of you know obviously have some talented um, writers and and different things in the room. So let us know what you would like to see from those people. Whether that be maybe we do mailbag in terms of answering questions in a written form as opposed to on here. That could be a thing that we do. A lot of different possibilities. So let us know on that. But make sure to go to x fifty two podcast dot com. That is your new home for everything x fifty two. You can follow us on all of our social media channels. Um, normally I go through every, let's see if I can, oh man, let me, I'm going to pull. I was going to say, this is, this is going to be tough for you. This is going to (laughs) be tough if I'm running, I'm not going to run through everyone's individual social media every time I do this. Um, but Jake, you're literally just Jake Luke, right? Yep. But I'm spelling your name just like I do for RDT L O U Q U E to think my introduction to you was me mispronouncing your name, Luke or whatever I did the first time I talked about you on here. Lequeux. Lequeux. Le Q, Le Q, Le Q, Le Fleur. Um, you can follow um, Spenny at Ravens for Dummies. You can follow uh, Banks at Barcelona Banks. You can follow Eric at E D I T T I twenty two. You can follow me at Taylor Smith ten. You follow the podcast at XV two podcast on all of your different platforms. There is going to be a lot more social media on those different platforms besides Twitter. That is another thing we're going to do a better job of. So Instagram, all those different things. More Baltimore content related. Cannot wait for the new era of Exit 52 to continue to thrive. And we will see you next time in terms of many various forms on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.